Hey, this is Dave. Real quick before we get started with this excellent number 24 episode. It's a significant episode. If you don't know why 24 is significant, uh, maybe listen and you'll get it from context. If not, it's just something. It's just something that uh, means something to me and John and a few other people. Anyway, um, I just want to say before we get started, as usual, this episode is brought to you by Black Crown Car Service. If you need a ride in the Seattle area, use Black Crown. Go to www.blackcrowncar.com. Download that app. Get it on your phone. Get it on your mobile device. Get in touch with them if you need a ride. They are fantastic. Professional drivers. They'll be there when you need them. None of that garbage that you have to put up with the other car services. This is a local company started by a friend of mine, friend of the show. He's done an episode. Soto. He's been in bands around here. This is supporting local business. If you're going to get a ride with a car service, do it with someone who's involved, you know, someone who's been there over the years or with one of his guys because his guys are good because that's what they do. Black Crown Car, blackcrowncar.com, 24 hours a day. Get it on your phone so you have it as an option. Give them a shot. You won't be disappointed. All right, let's get into episode 24. Hey, what is the 24th letter of the alphabet anyway? Here we go. Right. Hello. Welcome back to I've Known You Too Long. This is the episode I've been waiting for, episode number 24. There's a reason this guest is here for this episode. I've been planning this out for a while. If I couldn't get him first, then he had to be episode 24. My guest today has been involved in so many of the things that I have been involved in over the years. I can't imagine what my life would have looked like over the last two to three decades without his involvement. You would know him from so many different things. He was the singer for Himsa. He was the singer for Undertow. Other bands. He is in the edge of quarrel like so many of the people that I have on this show. I finagled him to be one of the lead roles in that. My guest today is John Pettibone. He's sitting right here. Hello, John. Hi, Dave. How you doing, man? I am great, and it is an honor to be on this. I've listened to every single podcast, and that was a very nice, humbling intro, but if it wasn't for you, a lot of the stuff that I was doing and was a part of uh, was because of you. So, well, thank let's, you to you. What, are we going to compete? What, I don't no, have anything, not competing at all. I don't all. have anything to do without... The people who were making the music and doing being creative, like but if you I didn't wasn't put those music. If you didn't put that music out, it wouldn't have continued. There could have been stepping okay, stones. A lot easier to replace me <laughs> than to replace you. Oh, I'm so easily replaceable. <laughs> Most of the time, I'm the second guy in the band, the second singer. <laughs> well, that may be true, and we can get into all those details about why that is. <laughs> But a lot of times you you may be the second singer, but it's also mm. with you that the band rises up. I mean, you're doing stuff now. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. For sure. I, I didn't prepare that intro, so there's a, so many things I left off. You made me cry. Talking. Well, not yet. True. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> Little. Well, you know, you've listened to them all. You know how this starts. John, mm-hmm. I've known you too long. Far too long. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember... The exact day that I met you in the I handshake, do. you remember it, mm-hmm. but I'll, t- so I'll just mm-hmm. take a chance at embarrassing myself then. Mm-hmm. I remember you, I mean, obviously I knew who you were because of shows, mm-hmm. but I remember you staying at my apartment in Bellingham mm-hmm. and sleeping on a floor. Mm-hmm. We kind of knew each other before that, kind of, but not well. No. So 
that's the thing. I don't know which is the show where someone said, hey, that's John Pettibone. And we said hello. But I I, str- I very much remember the conversation that we had, you, me, and Val, like on my, in my, my mm-hmm. living room floor when you guys stayed there. <laughs> and so for me, like knowing you in a way that I felt like I could be like, what's up, buddy? Like yeah. starts there. Yeah. But what's the actual meeting that you remember? Lenny's basement. Oh. Oh. Lenny's basement. Lenny's basement. Brotherhood. Brotherhood refused first step. Yes. Good show. Great show. I was there with the that, with the first up dudes. That, within and Bill. maybe yeah, a few I, I don't know the timeline, but weeks or months to like one point which we'll get into like meeting Ron and changing my life to that show and meeting guys that I'd go on and do stuff with for a very long time and still very close with. Okay, so, so that show is so important to me. Oh it's it's so And how much how fun was it? Oh my All god. All those bands. There was something that happened at that show when Brotherhood was playing and it's the one time I saw Brotherhood play live. Mm-hmm. Every other one time it fell apart. Mm-hmm. But be- either before I got to see them or I couldn't get into the place it was yeah. one show I couldn't get into. Uh it was the first time I was in a hardcore show that felt like a hardcore show like in the crowd. Like the way the crowd was moving. It was new dancing. It wasn't mm-hmm. a circle pit. It yeah. was up and down and everyone was, you know, like oh so if people want to know, just go find an old classic picture of Brotherhood. Any of the pictures that have a Grey Matter poster that you can see clearly in the back wall, that's Lenny's basement. It's the back cover of the 7-inch, and there's some great photos. You know, Ron's jumping. Everybody, you know, That's the show we're talking about. And actually, I believe there were two Brotherhood shows in, in Lenny's basement. I think so. And I think you and I are talking about the second one. Yes. And I only went to the one. Yeah, me too. The second one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you remember meeting me there. Mm-hmm. But which, not. I, I don't think we had like a long conversation. I think Ron was just like, hey, these are the guys from Bellingham. Okay, and, and, it, and it was Ron. Yeah. Of course yeah, it was Ron. It's always Ron. It's always Ron. And it was probably, these are the guys from Bellingham, so you're looking at like six guys. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I did I did meet a lot of people I didn't know that night. Me too. I think I, I didn't meet I didn't Kirsten know. that night. Yeah, me too. Oh, I you mean, met Kirsten that night too? I mean, should we just talk about that show or should we wait till oh, we can, go back? And... No, no, no. It's okay because okay. we're talking about the, the time we met. Yeah. And okay. I agree with you. If you so, remember, I was at that show. I met people. Uh-huh. And I, in my mind, I remember the Brotherhood dudes. I remember Lenny. And I remember Kirsten. Yeah. And I think Julie. Probably yeah. Kirsten and Julie. Because they're all living together. Um, And then at the time I was thinking of everyone that was refuse and the people that were with refuse is being kind of like a little bit a little younger mm-hmm. but i don't think of you as a younger kid though no we're the same age we're the but same. i think i was always just because of i think i'm one those, year older than you i turned 44 december 8th so. i turned 45 okay yeah. so at the time it i mean that's not much and i always thought ron was a lot older than me too but he really wasn't <laughs> at the time i, I mean like a lot a actually those those guys greg yeah julie kirsten mm-hmm. you know brett um lenny and Curtis, all those guys. I always thought they were a lot older, but I'm like, I'm really much closer to the age than, and I didn't, I didn't really find that out till years later. That's right, Curtis you was know? there too. I may have met Curtis Pitts at that. I'm show. Sure, dude, it that <laughs> fucking show, dude. Like, it was years right now. Okay, so there's actually quite a bit Ooh. of time from that show to you being in my apartment. Yeah, it's only well, realistically, it's like a year. Yeah, but that's a there's a lot that happens in that year. You're in hardcore, a lot happens. Yeah, <laughs> but we were we were just kind of. Bellingham was just kind of getting it together a little yeah. bit. And, and, I, and I'm from Snoqualmie Valley. So, you know, it was me and three friends. It was you and three friends out there? Me and three friends, but only one friend that was really into my buddy, Scott Keith, who had the car and would drive. 
could drive across okay, the water so, and stuff. So Snoqualmie Valley is how many miles east of Seattle? Mm, 30 to 45. Oh, it's so, that far So out. where where my parents and where I grew up is, basically, I think it's exit 34. It's basically the last stop before getting into the Snoqualmie Pass. Okay. That's so, quite a ways up there. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I guess I'd never realized you. I thought you were more like Issaquah. A lot of people thought that. I was like, no, deeper. It's just, maybe that's that's deeper. probably just the furthest get, place. Get Ghetto Brooks, son. <laughs> Hood. <laughs> Rednecks. <laughs> like, serious. Like, like loggers. So you were, it's logging town. So you you were east of Seattle. I, I was it. north of Seattle. But I was three times further away. Yeah. So that's 90 yeah. miles. So it was a little yeah. bit, I think it was, that'd be the equivalent of, of me going to like, Mount, this is not going to work for anybody. Mount Vernon. <laughs> yeah. But did yeah. bands before Brotherhood and any of this, was there bands playing in Bellingham at, from out of town, like touring bands type thing that would stop and you would see? Yeah, man. So we would go see The Accused. If mm-hmm. We could. We would go see uh, the big, the band everyone was super stoked on was uh, The Dehumanizers. So good. And, they'd play, and then, you know, oh, so we, I saw The Dehumanizers two or three times in Bellingham and any band that came through. So I saw the mentors. I saw, we'd go see like beat happening or like mm-hmm. some, like stuff that ended up being like the bands that the guys that did estrus records mm-hmm. did like in town, but there wasn't like a hardcore scene. Yeah. Like there were some punks. There were punk. Yeah. There were, yeah. there were punks. It was definitely. called college town too. So yeah. And it was a college town, but that, that means everyone was just in and out. Like yeah. they were, you know, we didn't have like the term townies or anything like that, okay. but now I look back on it and I kind of think of it that <laughs> yeah. way. So, okay. So that's where we met. Yeah. We'll go back. So Let's I want to know <laughs> how you and I end up in that basement yeah. in Bremerton. Of all places. To where we become, where we launch a friend. And that was, are we talking 89? Wasn't it 80, 90? Late eight, uh, 88? Was that show early 89? Well, the first time I saw Brotherhood was seven bands, six dollars at Natasha's Pavilion in Bremerton. Um, and I think I still have the flyer. I think it's 88. Does it say that? I think it's does December. Does it say the year on it? That's the it's thing. De- I think it's December 2nd, 88. Okay. Because that December 2nd is my edge birthday. <laughs> I don't know. As funny as that sounds. No, two years prior. Not at all. So two, Wait, two years prior. Yeah, 86 is straight edge for me. But not in a way of like go straight edge, like, you know, like oh punk rock. But I don't. Oh no, we're definitely. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll no, go we'll there. Get to yeah, that. yeah, that's going to yeah. be a lead up to a thing because sure. now you're you're claiming December. What did you say? December second. De- December second, nineteen eighty six. Yeah. So coming you're, up on thirty. So you you're saying you're like a year and a half ahead of me. I guess. When's yours? No, no, you're like you're like eight months ahead of me. Uh-huh. Uh, it's August fifteenth, nineteen eighty seven. Pisses me off, man. I thought I'm I was. Sorry. I always thought I was. I always thought I had. <laughs> I always thought I had the few months on you. Are you sure you're not? You're not 88. No. <laughs> I'm not, you're not 87. I'm not, I mean, uh, yeah, no, it'd be 87. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I say that it's not in, a competition. I know it's not. Never, never is. Whatever. Just like GB said, <laughs> competitions in you. <laughs> um. Yeah, that date. I mean, straight edge was me because I didn't do anything and I was a punk kid. And, right. You know. And then I found out what straight edge is. I was like, oh, this is my thing. And December 2nd is basically a week before my real birthday. Right. You know, and so it was always my thing. I'm like, oh, I've been straight edge of what Minor Threat says straight edge is for this long, you know. And then right. all of a sudden, which leads into I see Brotherhood and there's this guy talking about straight edge. We'll get to that. Okay. So anyways. Okay. Oh, that, that's yes. <laughs> <laughs> so where were you born? I was born in San Francisco. Oh. 1971. San Francisco in 1971. Yeah. 
when, uh, where did you grow up? Well, uh, my parents moved up to the house that I grew up in and they're still living in um, when I was five. My sister was just born. And uh, my so dad... So you moved into <clears throat> a new house at five? Mm-hmm. You, yep. had, you had not been to any... Palmy Valley where it was just being like, it's, it's a logging community. Very, very small at that time. And um, I mean, there was only four houses in that neighborhood that had been built. And um, my dad is a cable contractor. Uh, all of his life basically and so him and my uncle both were hired to come up from so i was born in san francisco but my parents grew up in pacifica california which is a coastal town outside of sf um, a little bit south and uh um, he did cable contracting there while this job offer came up my dad came out came up here and my uncle and him basically built the entire cable uh system for the snoqualmie valley and that's when, like, cable meaning, like, extended channels and what like that, so... Oh, yeah, like, 1976? <laughs> yeah, like, ahead of its time when it, in with television and whatnot. Like, my dad was basically built that system and, and ran I think it that for was, many a year. I think that had to be happening all over the place, because it was mm-hmm. around that time. So, when I was that age in Bellingham, we were outside of town a little ways. We had an antenna on the roof, and you had to turn this dial that would move yep. the antenna to, to try to tune in yeah. channels... Um, and we only got Canadian channels and right. one Bellingham TV yeah. station. Did we, you ever try to like put it in between channels and get the fur, the fuzzy thing? That's how I got into pro wrestling. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. We'll get to that. We'll That's get to that. really important. <laughs> right. But, um, but then when I was maybe seven or eight cable extended out, mm-hmm. like it was, they were offering it down the road I mm-hmm. lived on and it was huge. And so yeah. we got that and then they went crazy and we got HBO yeah. and all of a sudden I had TV I could actually watch. Yeah. You know? And luckily with my dad being one of the head guys in charge of it and putting the system up, we always had extended cable. So, I mean, that really molded me thanks to my dad and what he did to what I witnessed. And I mean, really started off this journey of, that it led me to right here. Wait, it's so really weird. You, because you had the cable, so you were able to so, see, what did you see that influenced you? Well, you know, growing up and doing my thing, come 12, 13 years old, there was a late night, Friday night channel, USA, because mm-hmm. USA was new and it was night flights. Yeah. Yep. Remember? Night flight. Yeah. And I mean, before then, you know, the neighbor kids, there was a kid, David Witorski, I was really, really close with, real close friend and- he, I think he moved up from San Diego and he was kind of always ahead of the curve with stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I got into, uh, like super cross cause of him at like 11, 12 years old. And, you know, my parents scrounged money together to get me a motorcycle and I raced motorcycles for a little bit. You raced motorcycles when yeah, you were in just Sumner, a little kid. Yeah. And Sumner just for a little bit and then got into BMX heavily. Well, we're a little bit out of order. I know. We're I'm sorry. We're going to jump back. I know. Listening to all these, I should know. No, know no, that's, uh, that's totally fine. Cause this is, this is how we, we, we figure out. So that's, that's interesting. I think a lot of us were influenced by that stuff that we were seeing because we were all watching all those, those music video mm-hmm. shows. And do you remember radio 1990? Oh yeah. And that one would be on when I get home from school in the afternoon and they'd play like the cult yep. and videos from like the cure and stuff. Yeah. And so I got a real heavy, like not like punk, you know, but, but related alternative. Yeah. Yep. And, and that cure, was boys don't cry was... video changed my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm really going to enjoy this part. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> all you right. And I, you and I have a lot of similarities growing up in these, on these little nooks of um, fun. Oh, I'm, facts. Ex- I'm excited to find out about it. <laughs> So here's what I want to know. Do you remember much about your life prior to the move to Washington? Um, yes, because I was real close with my, with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And once we moved, my summers were always spent back in Pacifica. Every oh. summer. 
until Between when? class. Up until I was out of high school. Yep. Until you summered in California. Yep. In Pacifica. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, growing up as a kid, remembering all that stuff and very close with my, with my grandmother, um, the neighborhood kids, you know, really growing up in a small logging community and then spending summers where kids are, you know, surfing at nine, 10 years old and skateboarding. And I'm witnessing all this stuff and I'm going back home and I'm wanting that, but I don't know how to do it. Right. You know, I don't know what direction, where to buy these at and all this stuff. My parents were extremely acceptive of what I was growing, things I was getting into, you know. Um, and then there was a lot of neighborhood kids that were always into the sports element of things. And I was into that too, but I never connected, even young, very, very young. Like I wanted to play basketball, but the only basketball you could play was joining the church league before, mm-hmm. you know, before junior high. And did stuff. you, did you do that? I did. I did that too. And, and I, I've never talked about it. Oh, I actually man. played church and league I basketball. Because you had to go to church and I couldn't be on the league. Oh, why? Well, I, I went to church anyway because uh, I had okay. no choice. See, my parents weren't very, they weren't involved you went, in the oh, church. So you so. went to church to be able to play basketball. That's the only reason I went because <laughs> I wanted to play basketball. Uh, I was, I was horrible. horrible. I was pretty good. I here's here's how bad I, I <laughs> learned how to dribble the ball and run at the same uh, time at church league basketball because yeah. I was not a coordinated sports kid. No, but that you know I can do that now. Yeah, I'm not any better. Yeah. But I, it's not like I grew tall or had any athletic ability. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just learned. To, I think I made a basket once. Yeah, and it was a big deal for everyone because it's like, oh look, he didn't just waste our time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you did. How long did you do that basketball? Yeah, or for church league for church league basketball. Um, church league up until I think I joined in the third grade and up until like, cause I wanted to keep playing basketball. I, I played every sport. I did everything, um, as a young kid because my dad was always working mm-hmm. and my mom was really supportive of like getting me into things. And I, I, I don't know. I just love sports. I don't, but the thing is, I don't really remember watching sports. You just as a wanted kid, to, you just wanted, I wanted to play to a game. I wanted to compete. Hmm. I think that's always been my nature, competing and but competing for myself, okay. type thing. And I mean, I remember my first, and a lot of people give me heat to this day because I'm a 49ers and a Giants fan. So obviously, <laughs> the past couple of years I've been getting a lot of shit. Sure, but um, I would have to admit to knowing what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I I put up a front like I don't know what you're talking <laughs> <Right>. about. <laughs> so you know, I was born there, and all my first games were with, with my grandfather. My first. Uh, San Francisco Giants game or first baseball game was San Francisco Giants. My first football game was 49ers. And this is Before Montana you era. When you were little, no, my summers. Okay. And going back for Christmas breaks and stuff like that. All my breaks were spent back in Pacifica because my mom's side of the family are all really tight. And so it was just, that's where our vacations were spent. So, yeah. Okay. Back to the Lutheran Church basketball. No, actually, I want to go back to when you moved, mm-hmm. did you feel... Like you were leaving something behind. Was there any sort of sense of, I don't want to go or panic or what am I going to do? Because you hadn't even joined, started I'm school five. yet. Yeah. I, I, okay. So you didn't I have like really... neighborhood friends. The only like, things... I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> the only things I really remember are my older cousin, Darren, let me throw a firecracker and it went off in my hand and, you know, blew up in my hand. So my hands were blistered, freaked out. And then my grandmother <laughs> slamming my, all my fingers in a door. Those are, those are. Some memories up until I we moved when I was five. So the only things were like they were all bad. Well, injuries okay. because they stuck thing. with you. Yeah, exactly. It's like early pain sticks yeah. with you for sure. Yeah. So you didn't feel okay. So when you moved there, yep. And then you moved and basically started school immediately. I assume. Yep. 
Do you, so now all of a sudden you're in with a bunch of kids. Yep, North Bend Elementary. North Bend Elementary. Did you go to school with that same group of kids all the way through high school? Yes, pretty much. So people you met in grade <clears throat> school, you graduated with. Yeah, but um, coming into junior high and high school, it's North Bend was North Bend for elementary. There was Snoqualmie Elementary, Fall City, mm-hmm. Preston, Carnation. Once you get into junior high, or they call it middle school, yeah, it's when all of the towns kind of sure. come together. And right. so now all those kids, so pretty much all the same kids from North Bend, I went on to through high school, and a lot of them were friends through sports, so right. sports team stuff. And um, that's where like a lot of my younger friendships were up through that time until discovering alternative stuff. Okay. Well, what was what was grade school like for you? How how were you with kids? Did you get along with kids well? Yeah, did you, did I was you... always a pretty pretty good kid. You didn't fight. Um, I did fight. Um, ooh, what was his name? My first fight I ever got into. I need to know about the first fight. Was uh over baseball at recess. I was up the bat, and what was his name? Joey. It's okay if you don't know his last name. Joey will work. Joey Martin, I want to say. All right. And, um, so what was Joey's deal? Did you have a problem with was him? The li- I think he was the little bully. Yeah. As far as I can remember. Yeah. And so he came up to take the bat from me and I hit him with the bat. Why did he want to take the bat from you? Bully. Like you're going to bat, but he's like, no, it's my turn. I'm going to cut. Probably. You don't remember the details. No, but I just remember hitting him with the bat. You hit him. So you got in trouble. You got sent home. So it wasn't really a fight as much as I it think was that was it. third grade too. You used a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you hit him? Head. You went for the head. Oh Yeah. Yeah. You're a go for the yeah. throat kind of guy. Yeah. Did, well, yeah. Did he, this might lead into did my he dad bleed? did kung fu <laughs> back in Pacifica and whatnot. <laughs> so, so you grew up. My dad would teach me because my dad would would like loosely tell teach me self defense. Mm-hmm. Like if someone messes with you, this is what you go for. And he always said like when you were poke eyes, kid. yeah, poke eyes, hit throat, man. You know, type I think thing. I think dads that are the dads age are of cool, our dads. Yeah. Um, I was told don't fight. Uh-huh. But uh, if you if you're in a fight, there's no such thing as fighting fair. Yeah, you pu- you do anything, yeah. and you don't stop hitting until that person is done. Yeah. Until they tell you're you're getting up and they're not. Yeah, and that's so I kind of went with this. I was not a fighting guy, mm-hmm. but I totally went in with this idea that if if there was going to be a fight, it yeah. was going to be some brutal, horrible thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I mean, my dad always said, "Don't hit first. Yeah, always hit second. Don't start a fight unless Finish the fight. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> don't be the bully." And I was small. I was a small kid. But he said, don't ever fear anyone. And mm. I, I remember that from very young. Don't don't have fear. And, um, yeah. So you ever mess with that bully again? I don't remember. Oh, so I, I got I got. He didn't leave home. an impression. Yeah, he didn't mess with me again, as far as I remember. <laughs> that guy swings the bat at your head? Yeah. Um, <laughs> funny. By the way, <laughs> you, you hit a kid in the head with a baseball bat at school. And then how long were you sent home for? A couple days, a couple days, and yeah, you were back three. in school with the same kids. Yeah, you weren't like, but I don't remember coming back to you know, like my friends being all like, you know, I think it was just normal, like, yeah, kids, oh, kids like, hurt each other, sometimes. kids hurt each other, and you know, maybe he stopped hurting other kids. I, I really don't remember, Dave. I'm sorry, he wasn't uh, there anymore. Yeah. He was the special school, John. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I was, I was, <laughs> I, I always was the friend. I was always friends with the kids that. Like it was, I always had a small group of friends because we were the kids that other kids didn't want to play with or be around like outcast kids. Yeah. But we weren't outcasts. We weren't the bullies. We weren't, uh, you know, the rich kids. We weren't, you know, there's always my small group of friends where they, you know, like 
even though I played sports, I really wasn't friends with those kids. What set you? What set your group of I really friends don't apart? Know. I don't know. Hmm. I, when, and you're talking about grade school. We mm-hmm. haven't gone further not, into no, it. No, not middle school. But it that that led through middle school and high school. I always kept a close knit of friends. You, but never... you were probably finding the weirdos. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Makes total sense. <laughs> totally, like you just so it's almost like it's just something you were just born to. I think get so. Drawn towards, yep. um, and you started playing. You started playing sports in grade school, mm-hmm. and you when you say all of them, what were, everything baseball, basketball, football. Remember, up until remember when well, soccer I, I, was only, gonna, was gonna be a big thing? And well, like Pele was that's huge? the thing. Soccer was my sport, and now I I can't stand soccer. Oh, um, like I played like sort of had a. I had a ride to the UW to play soccer, and oh, I gave really? it up. Yeah. Oh, which will lead into a, it's so funny. Like soccer, I, well, lo- I remember I loved soccer time, and I, I loved wrestling. Um, you but were... I also loved, you know, I was doing BMX and wow. Supercross. Like I don't know, I was I was an outdoor kid because like where we lived, the forest was my backyard. Right. And so you know, Boy Scouts camping. What about like all that fishing kind of and hunting? Um. A lot of fishing because the South Fork runs behind my parents' house. Yeah. Oh, so and fishing in the river? Yeah. For steelhead? Yeah. Okay. No, no steelhead. There's trout, no. rainbow trout. Oh. And uh, you know, sucker fish. I don't figure what oh, they're okay. called. Ground feeders. <laughs> um, and um, a little bit of hunting. Um, Did you like ever? Like rifle hunting. Yeah. Did you um, ever shoot anything? Yeah. Shot one deer when I was, was with my dad, my uncle, uncle's sixth grade. Oh, you were younger than yeah. I was, and then I so, think I was so I, a little I, bit of a little bit of bird hunting and whatnot. Mine was uh, I shot one deer. Uh-huh. Sorry, everyone. Did you have to drink the blood? No, Ooh. this wasn't this wasn't was red, ritual. This wasn't uh, red dawn. <laughs> I I had to. It was the you had to drink from you know what you're killing. No, you didn't yeah. do that. I went on a number of hunting trips, but didn't get anything until I believe the ninth grade. Okay, um, and then. Yeah, so I, I did shoot yeah. a deer. Um, my, my dad and, and uncles were loose hunters. It wasn't like their drive or anything. It was just like, oh, hunting trip. Let's go. Right. It was you a know? yearly thing. A fishing trip. One or yeah. maybe two with my yeah. father. Yeah. Um, it was hard for me when I got into vegetarianism and stuff to say, right. hey, I'm not going to do this with you anymore. It was yeah. the worst part. Yeah. Literally the worst part. But I also think there's something about understanding, understanding hunting, mm-hmm. killing a thing and actually having to take it apart and eat it. Yeah is a different it's a, it kind of gives you a different understanding of like the reality of the world it does like and it's i respect hunting in a way i don't respect factory farming no and animal but like it's a whole different deal like it is yeah and that's some big hunter dude i i don't do it no but i don't have a i always when we were when we were listening to like the punk early 90s punk rock stuff and vegan stuff and everything that was coming out there would be they hunters would get thrown into the mix every once in a while. And I always Man. thought that's not the same deal no. at all. No. This isn't this, you know, Yeah, that's way, way, way down the list. If you eradicated everything else, this, this problem you have with hunters, you just don't like the idea of an animal being yeah. killed, which I understand, mm-hmm. but that's, they're not causing the kind of problems that McDonald's is causing. No, no. Right. So yeah, that's, so we, okay. You're, you're, Subjects I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is, is no, it, no, no, not for me, but you know, for friends and other people that like, dude, it, I have a problem with, with so, the way social media has taken over our lives. <sighs> right. Yeah. Like I have a lot of friends who are passionate vegans. For sure. I am As not. I, mm, me neither. So there are things that I just don't get into or post on Facebook 
And sometimes, like, there are things sometimes like you want to. Sometimes I want to be like, <laughs> like I want to like put a. I don't know. I, I'm trying <laughs> to think like I'll make something in the crock pot or something. You know, it's like I can't be that guy no. because I feel like I'm like, all right, you know what? I am gonna acquiesce here to my many many friends who who that is going to bo- they're gonna see that and they're gonna be like, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's just going to bum. I don't want to, you know, yeah. I'll bum you the hell out about politics, <laughs> but I don't really want to bum people out about diet and yeah. animal rights issues, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I, but it, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Have you completely. experienced that too? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do and you I sometimes mean, back and off I, stuff? You know, I stopped being a vegetarian and, you know, been a carnivore again for a number of years. But it, for me, it's, it was just a personal personal reason and personal battles of just like, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I doing it for the wrong reasons? Uh, it's like, you know what? I'd rather work on myself right now yeah. with what I was, you know, at the time Th- that's more important to me than, and maybe working on, you know, a little bit of humanity amongst my circle of people or, you know, or whatever, than trying to save the world. Sure. Yeah. When was that? When did you stop being a vegetarian? Uh, it's during HIMSA. So, okay. Early, or early 2000s. Yeah. I yeah. was never actually a vegetarian. I know that. I, I always yeah. ate seafood. Yeah, you did. And I backed everything off mm-hmm. until that point, and they didn't go further. So it was like, all right. Yeah. Um, but that was like something like 17 years yeah. of, of being, I mean, and even seafood was rare. So it was yeah. like 95% yeah. vegetarian. Yeah. Um, well, I got in a vegetarian before I was straight edge. Because really? Of, well, because of the Smiths and oh. <laughs> that whole ideal and that record and, you know. Well, that's something. Okay, let's go back and come up to All that. All right. Like, leave off. We, we, uh, we'll jump around Baseball fights. <laughs> baseball bat fights. And, baseball uh, fight. Playing. You super said cross. That, yeah. So so I feel like a lot of these things are junior high things. Supercross, Coming BMX, up into it. Yep. wrestling. Yeah. You couldn't wrestle in grade school, right? You could, but it wasn't through school or academic type thing. There, there's, I mean... There's wrestling for like second and third graders type things, but it's not through school. It's like, yeah, you know, there was one kid that I knew that I wrestled because I wrestled in junior high. Oh, awesome. So um, it's the and I played football in junior high and then begged once skateboarding came along for me. It was all out Same. the window. Yep. But um, mine too. But uh, I, yeah, I was no good at any sport ever. I played little league softball, yeah. little baseball, and I—I I mean, I tried to play football yeah. in junior high. I started to get slightly better at football, but that didn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, I could run a little further. Yeah. Wrestling was something I could do. Yeah, one-on-one thing, you know. And by the end of junior high, I got good. I got first in the city mm-hmm. in my weight division, which yeah. was the only thing. Like, no, my family was just like, "Oh my god, he won something." He actually, you know. <laughs> uh, but I knew a kid when I first went into wrestling, who was the only kid I knew who had been wrestling before junior high. Huh. And none of us, it was like a private program he'd been in. And everyone was like, what? That guy, that guy's already a wrestler. Yeah. Like it was really weird. So you, you we had a couple that. of those. You didn't do that yeah. yourself? Uh, no, I got into wrestling come middle school. Sixth grade or seventh grade? That's seventh grade. Okay. Seventh so and eighth. Mine was sixth, seventh and eighth. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I think that's what it is now back in uh, Snoqualmie Valley. I think they changed it, but. All right, so let's let's cut off grade school from this mm-hmm. this part of the story with my asking this because it's important. Were you listening to music in grade school? Yes, towards the end. Uh, well, no. Oh, actually, always. Uh, my grandmother was a huge Elvis Presley fan, like mm. collection, velvet paintings. So oh, okay. my so first you... recollection recollection of music is Elvis Presley. Um, you, had Elvis the, you had Elvis in the house. Yeah, and that's a and good... then a lot of like you know Otis Redding mm-hmm. and you know blues and stuff like that. Um, and then a lot of the you know 40s 50s or 30s 40s and 50s like swing bands type stuff 
and uh, actually some Latin music too, because my uncle on my mother's side married a woman from Guatemala, uh, my aunt Sonia, and uh, she had a lot of Latin music around in the house and a lot of like there would every summer they'd do a big party and there was always dancing going on and stuff. And I was, I loved it. The atmosphere of it was just so, so fun. Right. And um, you're talking about, this is b- before five, before five years old, or you're talking about all just three? after that, okay. those summers going back type right. thing. Um, so yeah, Elvis Presley with my grandmother, my mom was, um, like into old country, Johnny Cash, Willie, Willie Nelson. So your, your family was cool with music. Yeah. My, up- and my dad came back. My dad, this kind of goes back to, I guess, my dad. My dad was kind of like outlaw, outcast type thing. You know, he was in high school. Like, he said it was it was a car club, but to me, oh. it was a gang. <laughs> right. You right, know, right. car club. Uh, he was a greaser. Yeah. Something <laughs> lords they were. I don't remember what they were. But oh, yeah, wow. he, it was like grease. And my mom, you know, had the, you know, poodle skirt and all that stuff. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Seen some of their pictures. Anyways, um, so the um, music my dad listened to, as far as I remember, was like, Woodstock. He's a huge Doobie Brothers fan. Mm. And so, you know, around my house was Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and Doobie Brothers, Iron Butterfly, Jimi Hendrix, stuff like that. So you and my a, dad still has those records. It's pretty cool. You had a wide range of influences. Huge. And parents that were cool with music. But the band, but the one thing that really were I, and I must have heard it on the radio when it was Queen. That was a, a big thing for you? Yeah. That was so, the band that was like, for some reason, as a, at a young age, and that was the first record my mom got for me was the Queen's Greatest Hits. So you got excited about Queen yeah. in the seventies. Yeah. Um, trying late seventies. What was the first? What was the record? Queen's Greatest Hits. Oh, the, you just said it. Yeah. Queen's Greatest Hits. Okay. What's the record that had the gatefold with the big like metal guy like pick, like killing them? I can't. With the There's robot. no way I can name it. But you know the record I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, my cousin had that. And I didn't know what it sounded like, and I, I wasn't allowed to touch the vinyl. Yeah. But I could look at the cover art, and it just blew my mind. Dude. On that record, is it's them four in these, in you know, each one of their pictures in these boxes, Queen's mm-hmm. Greatest Hits, and the back of it is just Freddie Mercury standing with that, that you know, as tall as he can with the cane on stage, and just this crowd. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> that man, man, that voice. There have been a lot of, like, isolated Freddie Mercury vocal tracks that have been making the rounds just mm. in the last week. Huh. I'll have to see if okay. I can find one and look it. it on the page. <laughs> um, people talking about how amazing, yeah. you know. So you probably, uh, we are the champions. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying in to In sixth grade, we did. We are the champions is like battle of the bands, lip sync. <laughs> Guess who was the singer? You? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Were you able to? Were you able and we won. To pull that. You won. Yeah, we won. And then we went up against the other schools, and we did Jake Giles Band. Uh, what songs? Uh, they didn't let you do Centerfold as kids. No, it was Centerfold. They oh, you're let right. You yeah. do Centerfold. In the Centerfold, my blood runs cold. It's a great song. So good. But is that sixth grade? I used to go roller skating a lot. Yeah. And uh, I liked it when you know I'd be like do roller skating. Roller skating, and we went to this. So there was a, 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 a there were two skate king. There oh were two, man! <laughs> in Bellingham, there were two roller skating rinks. Okay. okay, there was the regular one called the Armory, where I learned uh, to skate, and where people and they played wimpy music, whatever. What you disco? Know? They didn't. It took them a long time to get out of that, and they played like you'd hear like disco, man. Elvira, like, they played whip, like Devo Whip It during like fast skate. Hey, that, back then, that, that was, which was that's pretty a good killer. skate jam. But then this other roller skating rink <laughs> opened up. Yeah. 
over on the poor side of town and it had been an ice skating rink. Okay. And they just took the ice out. So it was a hard cement floor. Uh They didn't put very many lights in. They had like a disco ball, but Mm -hmm. they only had a few others and they would be open for like, you know, five or six hours a night. And it was totally like, it was dangerous. You fell down, you fell on cement. (laughs) Well, no, they didn't play that stuff, but Uh they played, they definitely played more rock. Okay. And it was where, like, because it was a roller skating rink, the parents would be like, oh, at a roller skating rink, you can just drop the kids off. So we'd be like fifth grade, sixth grade, we'd go to the, the roller skating mm-hmm. rink. But it was all just older teenage kids that went there because there were so many dark places to go smoke weed and make out and do whatever. It was absolutely a bad <laughs> environment. It was also the best. Of course. So at one time I was there and someone that I knew from church group Ooh. was there and I was skating <laughs> along, singing the words to Centerfold That's in up. the fifth grade. And she was just like, she grabbed me and she's like why do you know the words to that song yeah and i was like oh wait there's something wrong with it so i'd be surprised that they'd let kids and that do- they so we won the queen we are the champions oh no it was another one bites the dust it wasn't it was okay so that was a, that was a bigger hit I yeah think. yeah it was another one bites the dust and then when we went on to go against the other schools in battle of the band lip sync um they picked the song for you which is so oh. weird that the teachers picked centerfold for us to i it must have been a just a popular song at the time. yeah i feel like there was yeah. one other jay giles band song there too. i think there's a couple that was couple a more hit, hits. that's the big they had like one, four though. hit wonder type <laughs> that is the big uh, one though. yeah i loved the radio back then it was super cool tracks in my parents station wagon woody on the side (laughs) my mom would put in like willie nelson you know eight track and Mm -hmm. when it got to the end we got to got to listen to the radio so great (laughs) so So much michael jackson oh so this is this is late grade school early junior high yeah michael jackson would have been well beat it probably just blew your mind yeah was it get off the wall off the wall off the wall yeah first and then then thriller so you hit, were, but you boom. were already into Michael Jackson and off the wall. Yeah, I w- yeah. I wasn't aware of Michael Jackson until Thriller. Because okay. Thrillers beat it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember being like, because at the time I remember being like Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. People were like, no, you got to hear this song, beat it. I had yeah. friends like yeah. in the neighborhood that yeah. were like, no, dude, well, it's, it's got this great guitar. It's punk. <laughs> it really is. Like it, hmm. it's for that time. Like people lost their minds. Like what is this new? Sound, even though he'd been doing Jackson 5 for all these years yeah. and doing Motown type stuff, this comes out and it's like, I think that's, huh. that's why I liked Queen to, cause to me it was something refreshing and like something that spoke to me. Right. You know, and then Michael Jackson hits and then, you know, I'm going into. Look, I don't think it's too, school. I don't think it's too weird to suggest that your grandparents were into Elvis and your mom was into Willie Nelson oh, yeah. and your dad is into stuff like Rebellious Doobie music. Brothers <laughs> and all of that comes together with you in Queen. Yeah. Like it kind of makes sense in uh-huh. a way. Like you're it's it's like you know it's kind of like you're seeking out your own and I place. still have that record. <laughs> still have it. Awesome. Yeah. So you get into so so I'm getting into seventh grade. You get let's get yeah so we're we're basically so there's nothing else that you that was, in, that was there's nothing else that was important from your grade school years that no, we should really touch on. I got I got into I with did you the supercross I, for a little bit and then did BMX for a little bit and was racing. And this is all tracks. grade school still. This is like sixth grade into seventh grade. Okay, in, okay. in that yeah, type of year yeah. until a distant cousin comes to live with us, and then my mind's blown. Okay. Before Distant Cousin, yeah. because of what I know of you over all these years, my mm-hmm. friend, what was your relationship to the little girls in the grade school? Did you have girlfriends? No. 
You were not. I didn't have a real uh, girlfriend, you know, a mm-hmm. dating girlfriend was up until, until I was a junior in high school. Until you are in junior high. Yeah. So you weren't like the little boy. Do, do you remember Tina? She took, well, we'll get there. <laughs> well, I didn't, I actually she earlier drove today. the first undertow to her. I, yeah. I, I, she, did she stay on, was she with she you in my us? apartment? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I definitely remember her. Yeah. So I think you might've written I a song or two about the, her. <laughs> Most of Undertow songs. <laughs> <laughs> but but wait a minute. So she goes back to junior high with you? Yeah. Yeah. So but like when I when I asked Rocky Vote a lot of this question, he's like, Oh, he was kissing on little girls like in grade school, you uh, know? Like he was always I, like a little lover boy. I was I mean, there was girls I liked, but and I maybe kissing, but I was so into music and I was so into skateboarding. That's what I was into. And at the same time, I was doing sports through all high school and whatnot, and it was like, it's all I really cared about was, like, competing. Okay, so that was, I mean, you were focused on that. You weren't really, like, focusing on no. girls. Skateboarding. And then Skateboarding you meet, and music. Okay, well, no, so, that's important. I want to know when grade. all of this stuff that you're doing, then how does skateboarding hit you and become a thing? Well, before, well, maybe at the same, no, skateboarding was eighth grade. Seventh okay. grade, distant cousin, loose distant cousin. Um, is sent to live with us because of getting into some trouble. You uh-huh. know, troublemaker. He was he was a year older than me. And uh, sent to live with you from where? From New York City. Oh, okay. And he comes into my house and he's a New York breaker, and teaches me how to break dance and opens my eyes to like Curtis Blow, right? And Sugar Hill Gang and early early hip hop. It's amazing. Like seventh and eighth grade was like finding out about hip hop. And then finding out about, or watching Night Flights and finding out about goth bands. Right. So two separate, completely opposite planets of but you didn't kind pick, of you genres. Didn't pick one. No. You I just want, I want it all. Yeah. I wanted to be a goth kid that could break dance. Well, John, that's what you, you had, you achieved <laughs> that, I think. You're still, still a goth that kid that could break dance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you get brought. Curtis Blow and, yeah, and Sugar Hill yeah, Gang. Yeah, so and this is someone long who, distant cousin Raymond. But but like, he didn't bring you Morrissey, or he didn't no, bring you the Smiths. No, 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 no. So that was all on my own. Well, not on my own, but seeing Night Flight and then just did you try to share that music back with him? No, it wasn't. It didn't no, go that way. A, that was he was a, street kid. It was a one way street. He was street, and he stayed with us a year, and then he went back, and then um, as far as I know, and like I said, when I say distant cousin, it's through whoever whatever and even he might even not have been really related to us it could have been just a really close friend of my sure. dad's through high school yeah. and stayed in touch because we lost touch with them years mm. and years ago but um the last i heard he went on when paul abdul was a huge thing he was one of her dancers oh wow you know and then from that on i don't know what happened to raymond but he's he was out cool. there somewhere yeah he's out, maybe, maybe he'll hear I hope. this contact us Raymond. right oh man you're part you're responsible for some of this it is or he is yeah so he taught you how to break dance yeah okay and i knew at the time i feel like when i met you there were people i was probably who, dancing people knew you <laughs> dance all the time i did i had a break guru in high school right so sick click <laughs> what was it called so sick click so sick click yep. is your breaking crew yeah now breaking i have breaking graffiti Breaking graffiti. I witnessed you do a little bit of that stuff, but it, you did keep Once. these things a little compartmentalized. What was your breaking name? Uh, Messiah. Messiah. Yeah. How well, that was my tag name, so I guess it was my breaking name too. M A S I A. How did you get it? Um, did you give it to yourself? Or did I gave it to give myself. It to 
We all just made our made, gave ourselves names. It's great. <laughs> and so you would tag Masai. You but you but you oh, did that do, actually. Yeah, yeah, do burners down by the Greyhound station and stuff, and get in total trouble by like the legit Seattle crews. We were. I think this is we when were, BTM was getting big. All that stuff. Right. And after we, we were friends, we were in the U district. I think I was with Ron and maybe Bill was something. It, we were going to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we'd go, we'd go up there. Oh, and yeah. See a movie. And, uh, but we might've met at the Kinko's when I was working there, something like that. And there were, there was, so there, I remember there being a group of us out on the street and we were going to go to the movie and you were like, we're going to, we're going to kind of creep up. We're going to creep. I think you said, we're going to creep the <laughs> alley. Bombing, dude. What's that? <laughs> go bombing. Dude. And so, we all did what we did, and later you showed up, and you guys said, like, I don't know, you creeped the alley. I remember thinking, there are things about John I just don't understand. It's just not my, uh, that's not my experience. I, I keep my groups of friends, and it's my group of friends. There's no crossovers. <laughs> hey, all men have secrets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that happens, you... Seventh and eighth grade. See, and then you, you the on cure. your own, you find... So oh. was it a Cure video that cure made Cure Boys go? Don't Cry. It was the Cure Boys Don't Cry video. Yeah, and it's the video of like the three kids and the Cure's behind them behind a sheet and you just see their shadows. Right. You know? And so to me, I first see this, I'm hearing this music and the lyrics, I'm like, whoa. Like, even though I'm not, I'm not after girls, I like girls. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, this this song speaks to me. Like, but when you heard the Cure. But, but what got me cure- was, because when I first see the video, to me, it's three kids that have a band called The Cure. Right. That are my age, right? Or look my age, and I'm like, whoa, these kids are my age, and they're in a band. This is amazing, <laughs> you know. Then a little while later, you're like, oh no, the band's behind. Yeah, it's just the video. Well, what is? Well, it's not like they were that old at the time. No, true. Now, boys don't cry. That song probably sounds nothing like the second Cure song you heard, or the second Cure no, video you saw. But so within night flights of that night, because you know, I would, you know, I I stumbled across this channel, and it's night flights, and and because I, mean, I, you know. I always had a TV in my room because dad being a cable man. Anyways, mm-hmm. so see this, you know, it's midnight. This is on. I'm like, whoa, what is this? And to back up a little bit, uh, my neighborhood friend who, I mean, he was listening to like Motley Crue and that type of stuff. And I would listen to it. I never bought it and I never was into it. I liked how they looked because right. they look kind of androgynous. Maybe that's why I go back to Queen being a band that was just like, uh, hmm. you know, just that. That type of thing, but hard rock or that heavy metal stuff was just like, uh, it's just a little too hard too, sure. for me at that time to appreciate. Yep. But I see the Cure video. I feel the same and, way. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, what is this band? You know? And then right after that is like, I believe it's a, a live video of Bauhaus. Oh. Uh, she's in parties. Then I'm like, what is this? These guys look like vampires. Right. Awesome. I love vampires. I love vampire movies. Whoa. Then like the next song is probably a Sisters of Mercy. Like yeah, yeah. within it, this hour it, is just up, they opened boom, up boom, this boom, world boom. to yeah. you. Yeah, you know, just mind blown, mind blown. So then, you but just... I'm like, how do I get this music? Yeah. So how do you all it, it was for quite a while was just Friday nights. I'm home at midnight. I mean, I usually was home at midnight, but yeah, I'm home and I'm watching the show. And that for a while until I really till I found someone that opened me up and was like, oh, there's this place in Bellevue called Tower Records. You can go get records and tapes there. Right. You know? Who was that? His name was Eric Hatchie. Yeah? Yeah. Or Eric Hatch. Not not Derek Hatchie. Eric Hatch. <laughs> Eric Hatch. Yeah. And so that he took you to, to Tower Records? No, my mom did. Your mom took you? My mom took me to Tower Records. Was the first thing you bought for yourself at Boys Tower Don't Records. Cry, The Cure, tape. Um, 
it's a good first purchase. Ooh, Fire and Cairo. Oh, man, that record's so good. Still have it. Oh, once I bought the vinyl. So right. I didn't have a record player at the time. It was always eight tracks and tapes around my house. Right. Even though my dad had his set of vinyl. Oh, wait, does that he mean still that didn't you... still have a record player. Does that mean that you ended up getting... Um... Standing on a beach, the cassette. Yes. So you had all the B side songs yep. on the B side. Yeah. Wow. Great memory, man. I that was that blew me away because I yeah. knew those songs and then I knew some of the Cure songs yeah. and then I and I'd be like, well, there's all this weird stuff on the other side. But then after I listened to it a few times, I'd be like, yeah. in the middle of this second side, there's a couple of the best songs I've ever yeah. heard in my life, mm-hmm. like Exploding Boy and uh, what's the other one? They're both the B side from the same record. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I am, but I can't. A few hours after this. Uh, yeah, I think that might be it, <sighs> man. But they're they're just they blew you know. So, and then at the time, I wasn't out buying twelve inch singles and Mm-mm. things like that. So it wasn't until years later that I was able to get those songs on at, CD. At that time, I just thought it was tapes. I didn't know there were still records, right? You know. And then yeah. until we go to Tower Records and there's record, but we didn't have a record player, so it's like, well, I'm buying tapes because I do have a tape deck. I have a Ghetto Blaster because. I needed that for the mixtapes that Raymond gave me with my beats on it. Well, yeah, you got beats. You got to get out there. <laughs> you got to get out there and, uh, and, and and dance. Yeah. Did you ever do like like competition dancing like a couple in, times in, in front of crowds? Yeah, like crew versus crew. We'd yeah. go down to before it was really Westlake Center, but the center down there, and you could. Th- th- what was cool is my parents. As long as I did well in school, did mm-hmm. my grades, did my chores, you know, yard work, all this stuff. My weekends were pretty free, and they were. They were okay with me catching the metro into going in and and going skateboarding into and Bellevue or Seattle when you were in uh, when you were in junior seventh high. and eighth grade. Yeah, and that's yeah. I think that's I, if you think a lot about, different than now. If you think about how old you were, because if you're in the seventh or eighth grade, 12. 12, 13, 14, yeah, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Okay, twelve and thirteen, fourteen year old kids. I don't think are jumping the bus to go into go skateboarding by themselves or with their friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Not much. I think there probably much. are still a few that do, but probably not that far away. Not from North Bend, no. and this is before there were stops. Like it would, it would be a two-hour bus ride, you know. Yeah. And we had to make sure we caught that bus back seven o'clock, or we were not getting home. Yeah, I mean. And then I'm in a ton of trouble. A ton of you trouble know? if you're not yeah. home, and it's like, yeah. you, and you're just gone with no way to contact you. Your parents just don't know. You're just out yep. in the world, yep. learning how to live. Yep. To become an adult American, <laughs> which it's weird to me, like. The few young kids that I know right now are just, they'll be 16, but the way that they interact with the world, I think of myself at 12 and 13, mm-hmm. except that I would get on my BMX bike and ride miles away from home yeah. to be by myself in my, you know, to, mm-hmm. and it was, it seemed kind of dangerous because it was dangerous. Yeah. I found a knife on the side we of the fearless. road riding my bike. I found a knife and I carried that knife for like five years That's awesome. because- I might have to cut somebody. Exactly. I'm not going to take it out, but like, you know Like what? a bum. I'm not here on my bike. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> exactly. But there's this the brand scary new... dude that lives under the bridge. You know? <laughs> there were a lot of those. There, there was were. one under every bridge. In North Bend, there was. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it was now there's probably a... like 20. <laughs> and they're not quite as scary. It's just a family under there yeah, cooking dinner. Yeah. Probably um, not a family. Bunch of brave kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're all That's the culture now. That. What? They hang out under... Tent cities. Well, they hang out under... around the club. Our club, like, yeah, under the bridge and when you say city when you say freeway. our club, you're talking about El Corazon. El Corazon, yeah. And there's a tent city right under there, under the bridge and in the island between Express Lanes and the the and East Lake, right? And it's just there, and the and city will come and kick them out. And they're rave kids, mostly. 
They all have cell phones, computers. There's a youth center close by. They go and charge them up. Huh. They're allowed to use the restroom there and all this stuff. And they come back out and just make messages. There was a little bit of that when we were in the 90s when we were on the hill. There was a little bit of like. Yeah, they were the crust kids. Yeah. Yeah. But they were legit. They were legit poor or ran away. Way more legit than. Kids. Well, not, and then there was the idea. Not a that there bunch was... of kids where, you know, mom brings them a bunch of food and stuff and drops it off every week for them. And, you know. But there was the idea that there were a bunch of people from the east side that were were like slumming a, a crust lifestyle. And really? I'm the one like, do you remember that kind of being a thing that people. Nah. That like, you know. I like... wanted to fight those kids. <laughs> 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 but like. I think that to a little bit of that, I can't, I can't totally look down my nose at that because that's a type of rebellion from like, I don't want this life kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah, I get it. If you're a rich kid and that's not what you want to be, maybe you do want to go nope. out on your own for a while. And, yep. Okay. That's a, that's a bit of an, a, but if still living off mom and dad, it's another story. Look, and we, people are of those people. going to, people <laughs> are going to take advantage of whatever advantage they have. Right. I mean, if they were brought up that way, well, that's true. I would my parents were awesome and they struggled and times were rough at sometimes, but they always tried to give me the best life and my sister the best they could. My dad broke his back and was out of work for 10 years. Oh, wow. Probably he was up on a pole during a storm trying to put the cable back up and a logging company hit the power line and he dropped and broke his back and he was out for 10, 10 years and then oh the lawyer screwed him over and yeah. So we struggled for a lot of years, but my parents always made sure that like we were taken care of, did the best I can. Like I went to, I, I was working. My parents had to okay it, but by 12 and 13, I was working. Okay. So like on top at, of all this other stuff you were a doing. Dairy Queen, you know, or even washing dishes at the local restaurant type stuff. Right. So you had, you had jobs mm. early to make yeah. money. Yep. And you were, well. And, it, and it's awesome because that taught me a lot of, you know, on struggle and stride and just mm-hmm. trying to get by type things. I think that even helped with touring. Being able to like live off, you know, little amounts of money at a time. Like, right. oh, I'm going on a two month tour. I can take 20 bucks. It's cool. I'm going on, I'll an, be fine. on an adventure yeah. where we'll have to survive. Or Damien's with you. Hey, dude, steal me some food. <laughs> or make magic at that. <laughs> yeah, use your soda. magic yeah. powers. Get some <laughs> Uh, anyways, oh, that's another story. Oh, it is. Uh, okay, so. Stories. All right, so I'm assuming that when, like you said earlier, when skateboarding hits, it changes everything. It does. So it's, how does skateboarding happen? And does punk rock happen before skateboarding from, or? You know what? I don't, you know. You think it just wh- comes in Listening with to it? some of your podcasts and how there's a lot of people on there have very similar yeah. paths. I, it made me trying to trigger like, dude, what came first? Chicken or the egg? <laughs> punk rock skateboarding. It's so weird. I, and I don't know. I mean, I definitely know I was into like goth band. Well, you type dabbled stuff in everything. Like you, you had it's kind of me, said man. no metal. I get bored, but you had gone. I want, from... I want to be excited. Yeah, I, I just want that spark. I want that passion. And a lot of things, even things that mean so much to me, have lost passion through the three years. Anyways, um, so yeah, goth bands, skateboarding, skateboarding came because of my summers down in California. Uh, okay, so... I had a close friend, my closest friend in my life outside of my group at home was um my friend jason johnson down in pacifica and um he was only a few months older than me but we grew up together and it's weird but we were pen pals and summers hung out vacations him and his mom and my mother worked in my mom's a was a like beauty worked in beauty salons mm-hmm. all in cut hair for most of her life and so her best friend was her friend donna so donna had jason a few months before i was born so we were super close super tight 
he was a huge surfer, actually became, went into pro surfing um, at a young age, but he skateboarded too. I tried surfing, didn't like it because the ocean was kind of scary to me. Yeah. But skateboarding, he loaned me a used Caballero board. You're going to answer it before yeah, I ask it. Because you, know you always I ask, I so I know. Wheel. It's well, Caballero, <laughs> indie trucks. I can't remember wheels. I want to say slime balls, but I don't know if slime balls go what, back that. What year so is this it? is a seventh, between seventh and eighth grade. So 83. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or yeah, OJ it's around 83. I don't cryptonics. Ma- yep. Maybe cryptonics. Because I think that you, we still need a couple more years to really hit that. Yeah. Everybody's got slime before I went or street twos or yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Cause I actually wasn't so, skateboarding yet at that time. Okay. So skateboarding comes from me in the ninth grade, Yeah. which is like 85. Yeah. So 84, 85, yeah. something like that. Um, so yeah, so he lets me use he that. Let you borrow it. Let's me borrow it, and I and forget what he's, he's writing. Okay, I think, so he's, probably an Alva. He's I think because he was super into Tony Alva. Nice. And so um, he was doing that, and he was surfing. So but so I you were riding, you were riding that board the way he set it up. Yes. Loose trucks or tight. Tight. Tight trucks. Tight. I remember. Okay. Because we were just pushing, and we weren't ready for ramps or anything like that. Right. Um, or launch ramps, right? Because that that was kind of where it was starting to get street, you sure, know. Like, sure. Um, and was it and full? So, was it full plastics? Plastic Pl- nose, plastic bumper on the back. To, yeah, to uh, protect the tail, tail, all tail that bump stuff. and rails. Yeah. Yep. And then I go home, and I'm all mom. What did you learn? What did you learn? Like, how long did you skate with him? Were you, was it for a summer? Every yeah, every day. Every I mean, day. Yeah, they where my grandma lived and where he lived was basically around the cove it was mm-hmm. this lindemar bay you just go around the cove it's a huge surfing spot right there it's right hour north of santa cruz so you were skateboarding every day yeah other kids too oh no just me and just, jason just, just me and jason yeah what did you learn how to do that summer um and it was early so i mean people yeah. probably weren't even ollieing nope i don't think so just at least we didn't know about it yeah because i didn't even know of thrasher magazine all i knew was he was surfing i thought it was cool they looked cool something but i just didn't like the water and, you know, I didn't have money. I can't buy a surfboard yeah, or anything yeah. like this. And so skateboarding to me was the poor man's surfer. And it was a lot easier. And uh, first trick I learned. I 360 or something, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Getting up a curve. Yeah. You know, something like that. I don't know. It was so fun, though. Just felt so free. It was so cool. It was just, and it was, I mean, there was something amazing starting off just about like, Getting up to that speed, going yeah. down a long hill that you could yeah. kind of carve. And it was like, okay, this I'm not going so fast yeah. that I'm losing control. I'm not getting yeah. speed wobbles. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So I get home or, you know, come did back you, home. Did and you I'm get like, to bring the board with you or you had to leave it? No, I had to leave it. Okay. Um, get home and I'm all, mom, I'm on a skateboard. And, and they, by this point, you've done everything. You've yeah. played all the sports. <laughs> you've got a, you've got a motorcycle. You've got a BMX bike. Yeah. You've got, so they're just like. This is yeah. another thing to yeah. do. But, and everything was always used. Oh, you know, yeah, my yeah, parents, yeah. like I said. There was a way, a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, you know, I remember my BMX was a mongoose, you know. And mm-hmm. so I raced a couple. But it, like I did, it was fun, exciting. Got bored real quick. Did you? you know? You, so you competed in some races. Mm-hmm. You had the numbers on you. Yeah, Sumner. Yeah, there was racetracks in Sumner. How did you do? Did okay. Did you ever place? I mean, did you? No, no, nothing. Did um, you ever get any gnarly wreck? Yeah. That's why I stopped doing Supercross. Or not Supercross is the big time, but Motocross. Right, yeah. Um, we built a track 
if any of you go to North Bend, um, when you come off, there's where the Safeway is, the Starbucks and all that stuff. That used to be just a field. And right. we had a, we had bike tracks out there. And there the city had come in or the town had come in and made this big because where the area where my parents lived for years when we'd have big storms, there was huge flooding. So every four or five years, my parents' house would get flooded out the neighborhood and everything. Else. So the city came in, dug these huge trenches, like 15 feet deep. And at the end was a built jump, basically. So we right. jump out there and, you know, uh, I had a Yamaha 125 and I was just, dude, I got this. I, I'm going big. Boom. And I eat shit. Like knocked out. Ooh. Woke up. Where the hell am I? You know, my dad over me. Like, you okay? Bleeding. I'm like, fine. Everything hurts. Okay. Were you Can wearing you walk? safety gear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Helmet, um, chest pad, um, motocross pants type boots yeah type stuff um nothing internal and no internal i just got the shit knocked out of me hard and um at that time i was like yeah i'm done with this yeah i don't want to do it it scared me enough to like yeah like i don't need to be doing this i know i know if i keep doing this i'm gonna really hurt myself so i stopped and so started doing bmx and that just wasn't my thing i don't know why but once got that skateboard and that passion for that but i mean i skated and said i need a skateboard can i get a skateboard and what did you get (laughs) fairflex that's what they came home with oh really oh so they went out and got you they got me a fairflex and i'm like that's not what i want oh you stepped and they you hadn't explained it yeah because jason's telling me like and you knew steve caballero and you know tony so you knew you knew at that point these are the kidly kids because jason was in the surf scene Mm -hmm. and skateboarding scene and he was on i mean and that's in the area when san francisco was blowing up Right. With with skaters, you know? And so I'm like, oh, that's not what I wanted. And it was crazy, too, because the kid, the friend across the street, Dave Torsky, being from San Diego and him visiting family, too, he comes back with a skateboard. And he has a Tony Hawk. And I'm like, oh, he's got that board. He's got a paddle board. That's so awesome. And where did he get it? Um, You know, I don't know where he got it. Okay. But then I'd say, Mom, that's the kind of board I need. The Verifex is awesome, um, but... She must have can understood I, that it was like having a bike that you can actually race BMX yeah, versus yeah. a bike that's too heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the kind I had. Like, I could never well, have a bike that was good yeah, enough to race. Like with the motorcycle and the BMX, my parents were like, we can't afford to get you something new. Can we find something used? Yeah. Hell yeah. Why not? Skateboarding can't go really f- find a used skateboard in a place type thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So she's like, okay. It was all well, specialty we need to know gear. Where we, it was all specialty Yeah. We got to find out where to go get this. And she takes me to Bike Works. Bellevue. Remember that place? It's by Skate King. Bike Works and Bill. I don't know. Uh, they had skateboards and, and but BMX, they, but they had because of BMX, I knew where Bikes Works was. Right. So I was like, oh, they have skateboards there, Mom. Can we go there? And so you Am got, I getting here at Bike Works? I think it was called Bike Works. What'd you get? Tony Hawk. You got a Tony <laughs> Hawk. Tony Hawk. You got it all Full brand, setup. a brand new setup? Yeah. Cost about 120 bucks. Yeah. 120, 130. Yeah. yeah. And I just told my parents I would, you know, work it off. So you... Because I didn't have a job yet. And, you know, and, or, and what kind of trucks? Indies? Indies. Good. Oh, wheels, I still don't remember. That's okay. They yeah. didn't, but it didn't stick yeah. with you for whatever reason. Yeah. And my parents were like, just do well in school. You can have your days. How and long did come that home board last? Skateboard. Uh, three months. Three months. Yeah. Because yeah. you were grinding it up, man. Yeah. Grinds and slides. Rail slides. That was my <laughs> you stuff. Le- wait, you learned. And, oh, and so I buy a skateboard. Uh-huh. Buy, the, buy the Tony Hawk. See Thrasher Magazine. Boom. In yeah, and now all of a sudden the world opens everything. up to you. And, yeah, so and Thrasher had to opening up a Thrasher. Opening for the first up Thrasher time, had to have been like discovering that discovering that goth show. Yes, because 
not just because of the skateboarding, but because of the music section. Yeah. And I open it up and see a picture of the Misfits. And I'm like, <laughs> what? These guys look like the goth bands I like. And But I don't know what goth is. Yeah, it's yeah. not a thing to me, but it's the, mu- the, band, the music I like and the tapes I have. Sure. And I'm like, whoa, these guys look scary. This is the Misfits. What is this? I need to find out what this is. And then my mom took me back to Tower. And you found Misfits? Yeah, we got Misfits Earth 80. Wow. Oh, yeah. and you started with the Misfits with Earth AD. Yeah. Okay. The hard one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mind-blowing. But so because good. of your because of all the stuff so, that you had listened to before, yeah. you probably dug all the Misfits yeah. as you heard it. Yeah. Misfits and then Cramps. I got a Cramps oh. Cramps tape. Based off of how it looked? Yeah. 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 Well, because I was in Thrasher too. And Cramps was a little different, but I liked it because it was kind of, it was kind of country at the you thinking country now i guess rockabilly or something but mm-hmm. kind of country s so i'm like oh it kind of sounds like it's a dark johnny cash you know and lux interior is very androgynous shirt off very skinny ribs showing jet black hair you know pompadoured up and all this stuff and, and that was like, your Whoa. that was your thing you loved all that <sighs> i love that shit. <laughs> why do you i think? don't know i don't know you think it goes back to freddie mercury it's gotta you know dave gahan <sighs> Forget about it. It's always the hot, skinny girl boys for some reason, you know? Love it. So it wasn't... <laughs> I'm going to do a quick leap ahead since sure. we're here. Yeah. And you're talking about that. Yeah. It wasn't weird at all for you in Hempsa when things started going along and maybe a little bit different look where it kind of threw people a little bit. Because there was a there was a period uh, yeah. of time where I things mean, got looking... It's very, like... Rockabilly. AF, well, yeah. Well, an AFI became a big deal, and it was like... Yeah. Well, I mean, Dave, at one point, Dave you were wearing, I... like, sleeves on your arms. Oh, you mean the... Um, there's, like, like legging shirts? Yeah, and, like, yeah. makeup and stuff. Yeah. But for you, that wasn't strange at all. You just no. had not done it before. Well, no, I did when I was a kid. Oh, when you I was did? younger. When, when I really found out that there was a goth scene because I get into... Okay, so I'm getting... Becoming a freshman? Yeah. There's seniors. Uh, there's a group of seniors that are goth kids. And that's how I discovered goth. Oh, awesome. And 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 there was a name given to it. They called it goth then. Yeah. yeah. We're gothic. Oh, I get it. That's <laughs> why you look like vampires. <sighs> crazy. And that's, so crazy. That's just and the then that's where Eric Hatch that kind of comes into that realm of my life of stuff. And then he takes me to my first show. Which is? Black Flag, Spokane. Really? Yeah. Black Flag, your first show is Black Flag in Spokane. Mm-hmm. Who, who'd they play with? I can't remember. I was so scared. <laughs> so <laughs> scared. Spoke- Going back to like my dad, like, don't be fear, you know, be yeah. fearless. Too scary. So this guy, scary. how old are you? So this is 85. So. 14. 14. How old yeah. is he? 16. He's got it. He's got Seven, his license. No, he's 16. Yeah. He's and 16. he's going to drive to Spokane. Yeah. To see Black Flag. Yeah. And the only reason we became friends is because I was the skateboard kid and he kind of skateboard, but didn't do yeah wasn't that great yeah he just you know because i think because of what he was into because he was he was one of those goth kids but he also liked punk and stuff mm-hmm. too and i think what triggered was misfit stuff he was wearing a misfit shirt right and i was like whoa and I like assuming you guys are yeah. listening to shit and i'm in north bend it's still a logging town it's crazy and there's like it's me and dave and you know a couple other friends and then yeah he's like hey black flag's playing seattle you want to go and i'm like uh well, it's eighteen and over. <laughs> Can't go. Oh, we'll get in. Like no. <laughs> oh, they're playing Spokane. Ooh, I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble. But it's Black Flag. Mind blowing. And I think Julie was at the same show I was at. We talked about it years ago. 
I think we were at Julie, the same. who was a who was an early part of the Northwest yeah. hardcore scene yeah. up here. Julie yeah. Roberts, yeah, who's around forever. Yeah, in a bunch of those old photos. Yes, probably is going to be in the background of some oh. of the photos I'm going to be putting up. <laughs> okay, so this all, I mean, it's it's this all makes sense. I mean, I I knew all of these things had to have happened with you. I don't yeah. think I knew as many of them happened yeah. with you. Um, but when you would get into something like punk rock and skateboarding, you wouldn't then leave the sports. You would continue doing I'd all of those continue things. Continue doing most of them. I I'd stopped playing basketball mm-hmm. into high school. Um, and I know I know you had said that you didn't really excel in those. I actually did well mm-hmm. because it was competition to me for myself. How'd you I'm do? Like, I'm gonna how'd you do, do it. in wrestling. Wrestling, I did okay. Um, but soccer was huge. I was var- varsity soccer, and um, I hear a dog barking. Yeah, I, my client might be coming home. Yes. I don't know what's gonna happen. Future I wife. I didn't wait. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> what? Your future wife? Why not? My future wife. Well, how long <laughs> you been together? Twenty years. Get We've her, had her long. Get enough. her done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're sitting in her Sip house. Sip coffee so. for the working man. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I don't know if. I don't know for sure if he's going to stop her. Hey, woman! Whoa. Get in here! <laughs> yeah! Hey, wait, wait, wait. It's going really hot. Hi. Hi, Mike. That was so loud in my oh, ear. Sorry about Wenny. Hi. Good to see you. Oh, oh. yay! Yeah. Oh. So loud. Hi, hon. Hi. Welcome sorry. home. Yeah. He just said, um, well, join us for a minute if you're going to. If you're going to interrupt. Yeah, we'll dog. get back to where Should we were. Headphones? No, you you, you can hear him. She's good. She's gonna have to lean in. But now he told me you're his future wife, so I don't want you leaning in too much. Mm, Apparently, is that why, mommy? We're not married, you and me, Dave. (laughs) Because I'm waiting for John. I did (laughs) I did not know know that John had this on his agenda. It's an un. Why would I? Why would I tell you that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why would you tell me that? So, no, no, you're both sporting these awesome beards, so maybe his is maybe the, more awesomer than mine. Is, is he never word? cuts his, I don't nah. think. Yeah, you don't. I, I did cut it. my hair though. You did cut your hair. Yeah, yeah. I, that I, was the only time I ever had long hair. Yeah, it must be a beard thing. I guess. I went back to long hair. I had long hair when I was young. Yeah, you did. With you the, remember with the head gasket or the head gasket? Head That's gasket. <laughs> I don't know who it was. You guys were talking, trying to talk about Damien. the head. Was it Damien? He couldn't remember what it was called. Yeah, I'm yelling at my phone. It's a head gasket. <laughs> <laughs> I think you texted me that. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> so okay. you you two have known each other. This isn't strange. Like you two have known each other for a long time. Michael and when I told you I was going to be doing an episode with John, I think you were telling me that you thought you'd known him longer than I have known him. I don't know if about maybe longer than maybe you, not but known, I've, but no, yeah. known of through. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you I knew John a... way before I knew you, but I don't know how long. Because I can't even remember when I met you. You were just always kind of around in yep. some form or another. Dancing. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, you probably knew from a whole different... <laughs> no, I don't know if not, she was not, a dance no, club girl. No, I was girl. not a raver. I was not any of that. Mm-hmm. But no, but all that East Side stuff. So, because yeah. you're what? You're deep East Side. Deep. North Bend. <laughs> That's what we were talking. He's, he's Ghetto Brook. Oh, no. Ghetto Brook. I'm past Preston. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Did you ever hang out the Fall City um, Park and Ride? Yes, a couple oh of times. Oh my gosh. What if we met there? Because I would we would skate there. Yeah, Did oh yeah. You? Well what? that's exactly how we knew each other was probably throughout the skate. Did you ever hang out at crazy. the Fall City Park and Ride? Yep. And yeah, so that's, that's probably a hot spot. where you guys Yeah, because you didn't hang out. PK with me. No. No, you never no. did that. Fall City Park and Red was the last big stop of that area where the Metro would get you before going through Preston and hitting 
I-90 to go into Seattle. Okay. Because from there, it was a direct... You didn't pull off to go to Issaquah. No, there was a stop in Issaquah in case you had to transfer and then straight into Seattle. But what was there to skate there? <sighs> Who cares? There was just a bunch of kids skating there. That's all yeah, Back that then, there was no skate parks. Yeah, exactly. No skate it parks. Was curbs. But you had curbs. Did you have Yellow any curbs, kind of a bank you could curbs. drop off of? Um... I mean, sometimes not, not at the parking there'd lot, be stuff, that but there was the benches. There'd be planners, planners and benches. Planners and benches. Whereas all we had, planners and benches. Bomb were my thing, man. Dro- the so, bigger, the better. Off, like, giant garbage cans and stuff. Sure. I loved that. Uh, what's the highest one you ever did? The, and just, you be- know what? Steps. I ollied the old steps of Bellevue Square. <laughs> Okay. Cleared it. Okay. Wow. You know, the I totally remember that. But that's that. Oh, so when I got so into skating, often. I was... Riding forward and ollieing over steps, that's different than a bomb drop. What you were describing was literally like riding off of a hall, like a, a loading dock and just... Yeah. Riding, so a loading dock was probably five or Riding off at medium oh, speed. And then if you did it right, you would stay with your board. It wasn't an ollie it off. Was it was probably the high ride straight off. And you would land on top of your board and be able to ride out. And this was a this would break trucks. This would break boards. Yep. And it would break people. Mm-hmm. I think... I think it was at my I went off high a school. low roof of a building one time. No. Like a little dental building. Yes. And nice. it was like, it, but it was also like, I'm never doing that again. That was terrifying. <laughs> but it was, it was the highest point we uh-huh. could get to where we're like, I think we could climb up on that thing and yeah. go off, you know? Yeah. Um, but loading docks that were like four feet high were just, after a while, it's like, that's just what we did. Yeah. You know, until the board broke or you broke another indie. I've got a, I broke a base plate. Who's got a, who's got another base, base plate? Man. <laughs> base plate. So, um, Michael Ann, you lip would go, grip, what rip grip, lip grip, oh, what no, rip grip it was rip grip. Yeah. Rip grip was the little padded stuff you'd put on the board. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, we sold it in my skateboard shop. Yeah, you did. You know what? I, I, I don't know if I had met you yet. We're jumping ahead, but anyways, if it's okay. I went to no, we're jumping now. We we're actually that would be in the same time yeah, frame we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, because what year was yeah. that? What you that you came into aggression skates once. When? Where? Why? Because back then there wasn't you had, a lot of yeah. skate shops. Yeah. Bellevue had bike works. Um, and then there was Fallout. And yeah. then Kirkland had the one. Kirkland, yeah. Um, Did, do you remember who was it working? had the stupid yeah, name. No idea. What was the one in Kirkland called? Damn, I can't remember. Because it, it was on a road trip up to Vancouver to go hit the snake runs and stuff. Oh, or may, it might have been... The snake run. Was Salem Park snake run. Was Slam City going on? Looney Tunes. That's what it was called. Looney Tunes. Oh my God. <laughs> I knew it would come to me eventually. Bam. I bought a deck there once. I think I bought my Eric Dressen there once. Oh, man. Great. <sighs> Looney Tunes. That's pretty good that I could pull that what out. What a trigger. That was great. <laughs> man. Yeah, but what wheels did you have for it? On my Dressen? It was probably Rat Bones. Okay. Because those were the good wheels then. Yeah. Yeah. And always Indies. Yes. Always indies. Always indies, I tried, man. I got trackers, trackers once, snapped them, done. Couldn't I? I didn't understand them. Yeah, they made the board feel weird to me. Yeah, and they would come with that. Um, what was the uh, the plastic piece that went over there? Actually, you didn't grind your truck. Coper. The coper. Yeah. yeah, they came with that. I'm like, ugh, posers. <laughs> we got all excited. Rodney Mullen probably came up with that thing. We'd all got <laughs> we got excited for like a week because uh we realized at one of the um grocery stores in town you could pull the plastic handle yep. on the right and you'd put cut those it. over your you'd cut it and you, that would be a free coper yeah and it sucked yeah we just we uh screw that in for rails once okay there was a different i think it was safeway they actually had the handles would would actually uh, screw together through the, mm-hmm. the the handle on the yep. shopping cart, so you we would unscrew it. those, and you could use them as rails. And yeah. also, it was the wrong kind of plastic. It yep. hung up on the curbs. Yep. It was awful. Yeah, too heavy. Yeah, 
but the idea that we could steal the parts that we needed for we our boards to. from other places. We had to. Yeah. I just wish it had worked. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> this is what we've been doing, my client. Talking about skating? Well, a little bit. That's Got important. It. <laughs> it's really, I feel like, not for everyone, because everyone, people have different experiences, but skateboarding is, John s- said that he thought that we would have a lot of similarities, and we do, all the way down to hunting. Yeah, Ooh. weird. And be on the wrestling team. <laughs> Shit, you learn about each other way after you first got to know each it other. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know, it's totally but where true. It, but where it changes is where I can't dance. Uh, I don't he, have that. He really and can't. I love dancing. I know you're a dancing guy. Well, Leah and I just see went, if we dated, oh, we could you could get me drunk see? and I would dance because that's the only way I dance too. So it's the best kind of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no limits. Because <laughs> Dave won't dance with me when I do get drunk, and Why not? every once in a while it happens, Why and not? I do want to dance. I have danced with you before. You have danced once. It was once. not very. Pretty. No, she doesn't like it. That's why. Yeah. I'm not it, a dancer. Listen. He, he literally does like the widest dance. Ever, yeah, not, look, man, yeah. it's not me. That's not, not how for I, everyone. That's not how I feel it. That's true. Okay, that's true. But thanks for I. Over the summer, uh, Leah's best friend got married, uh-huh. and we have a lot of mutual friends through the years of whatnot that we've come to find out. And I go back there and I see so many guys from bands and stuff. And the DJ they got was the old DJ that they would go to club nights when they were younger. They got him to come back out of retirement, <laughs> DJ retirement or whatever, to DJ. And it was amazing. It was straight 80s new wave. And I danced for like three hours straight. I got Leah's parents on the floor. It was crazy. And then all my all these friends from East Coast that didn't know I dance were like, what? How did you do all this? Like, what are you doing? I think like, of the guy. Like, oh, and Leah's just like, he loves to dance. I, like, I so want to see you with a glow stick. I think I of totally the guy. you dancing with I, a glow stick. I raved for a little while. I think you guys the, know that. I, I know, know that. that. I just was not a part of your life no, then. No, <laughs> not a, a lot of people weren't a part of my life then. No. Or they were, but, but it was no. my other life. Right. You were, you were compartmentalizing it. Exactly. I, th- I think. I of, dabble. I think of you. <laughs> When I watch Clueless and she goes on a date with that guy and he just won't stop dancing. Of that guy. Oh, yeah, of course. Ducky. No, right? He's not, Straight wait, Ducky. He's not Ducky, though. But Ducky is. He was like the Ducky in the 90s. Yeah. But he was way cooler, about it, though. Way cooler. Duck, ducky way cooler. Oh, yeah. Wait, you think Ducky is cooler than? Hell yeah. 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 Absolutely. The next tattoo I, I, the I, next tattoo I want ducky. is... My friend Dan Smith down in California does these amazing little tattoos of shoes and he mm-hmm. does like Air Jordans for people or Air Vans and they're like, oh. it's artist, it's things of beauty. You want Ducky shoes. I want Ducky <gasps> shoes when he does the like, yep. I'm forever the duck man. Yep. And I was like, those creepers. I will forever be the duck man. If I can never get Dan to tattoo me or if I'm down there. Nice. Now, nice. anyway. On dancing, because we're not going to stay on it, but I will say that um, it was always... Since that was something so alien to me, mm-hmm. um, it it always kind of blew my mind that you had that. You know? <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, well, just, I mean, it was just like, my God, you know, because I mean, every different friends would dance it, but you yeah. were the only guy we knew that was real serious dancer. And I remember being, um, I think when Kirsten Hansen got married. Oh, yeah. I uh, was down there talking to her and I was saying like, it, John is like a real dancer. And she goes, oh, no, no. Oh, John took me dancing one time. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? She said, John yeah, underground is she and Paul. And, <gasps> right. And she said that she said that she was not prepared at all for the circle to happen with you dancing in the middle. Cool. And her, 
Oh, that's <laughs> like, that amazing. was actually, she's like, he's the guy that when the circle happens in the club, John's the one in the middle dancing. I had a break crew and I was like, take it seriously, <laughs> man. Back then you want to battle. So We're going to battle. I seen you dance then. God, <laughs> I would just kill for me. There's a piece of me that was a little beach street, you know, like. Tell me there's like, a video you know, somewhere that we can dig up and somewhere. put on the Well, I, there's something out there because I had the break crew with my friends at, in high school and we would perform at like <gasps> the lunches. Oh my God. Or at, I mean, we get a little bit of, they pay us for a little bit. You anyone know? from that time period listening, <laughs> if you own a copy of any dance or halftime of basketball games, please send there's so it to much, Dave. There's, there's so things much like John. Like I tried to be a cheerleader. <laughs> like I was so, well, remember when, um, uh, sorry. Um, I was, I was brought up about that. I did the announcements my senior year. Oh, you did. That's right. You, you did. Know? The, someone said, I, I told Carl, it was Carl. Carl Duvall yeah. said you did the announcements and it was, and I forgot thing I that, used to do that. It was a thing I didn't know about. I probably was like, what? You, I did that because it was good for credit. It was good because from then I thought I was going to university, you know, right. I thought I was going to get a ride playing soccer to go on, you know, and that's only that soccer was the only sport I stuck with mm-hmm. to go back where we were talking about skateboarding skateboarding i love that was my thing i wanted to be really good at it i wanted to to compete all this stuff soccer was my ride to further my education that's what i was trying to do so but then but that I, got derailed but then i got in the undertow bug and so straight edge boom, destroyed your college Not straight edge touring touring did it yeah okay Playing i was gonna band. i was gonna blame straight edge we haven't even gotten to straight edge yet you no, know though i think you made the there. wise choice because well, really of. College versus going on tour. Free college? Uh, oh, free college? Yeah, yeah, okay. I guess if you look at it that no, way. No, it was yeah. probably the it was probably so- the right choice just... for the last twenty years. Yeah. It just may not, yeah, yeah, it right. may not be right. the right choice for the next twenty years. <laughs> so you can always go back to school. You usually don't go back out yeah. on yeah. tour at yeah. over forty. At least and I didn't want to like play soccer anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, my older brother told me today he's going back to school. He's in he yeah, went to his first two him. classes this week and he's kind of into it. Could pay me money to go back to school. But you did you did school. That's true. I did. You're the only one in this in this room with a college education. True fact. Eh, Two degrees. Know, I, right? I have some quarter, a couple quarters. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Eh. And the only good thing about out of that was I became friends with Wes. Wes. Laundry. Oh, yeah. what? Megan, Meg, Les, Wes. Yes, Wes uh, from Fallout. Yep. Because I come in, I come into, I was taking an oceanography class, and there's there's Wes, and I'm like. <laughs> and he's an amazing skater like me and him need to be buddies we became buddies nice and then i stopped started skipping i come like once a week he's like well dude where you been i'm like skating <laughs> going on tour <laughs> i ain't got room to, i ain't got time for this <laughs> and he's just shaking his head i'm like ah. so for a lot of people it seems strange to me that they decided they could pick up an instrument and be in a band. But mm-hmm. what you have said this whole interview is you just did the things you wanted to do yep. and found a way to do it yeah, in every instance. Yeah, I got instance. real passionate about them. More things. I mean, you kind of do a little bit of what everybody it, it's does. little things that like just take me off the path. Just mm-hmm. a little bit enough to make me go, oh yeah, dive head first. Right. I love this. Now get rid of all this garbage, you know? This doesn't mean anything. I want to be all about skateboarding. Right, but you never lost any of that other stuff, though. No. No. But I lost the passion for it. Okay. I see what you're saying. When when do you discover... How far into this do you discover straight edge? 
You had what? not discovered it yet when, when you went to that Black Flag show in mm. Spokane. You're like two years short of it still. Yeah. Right? So by then getting records and stuff at Tower and that's when I started getting like ma- magazines and, you know, Thrasher and um, what was some of the magazines back then that would have like punk and alternative stuff in it just as music magazines. Uh, you, you ever remember. get a hold of a flip side because of the, yeah flip side yeah. thank you a flip side or maximum rock and roll but that was probably a couple years MR, later. Yeah, yeah that was later it was um, around but you weren't doing yeah anything. no flip side and even some english magazines because that's what all the english bands i liked was in so i'd you know find that kind of stuff out um go to my first show so i go to that first sh- that black flag show and then i don't go still don't go to another show so for probably another year yeah or whatnot and then i Start going every weekend. Because by then, you know what? Everything happens so quickly. So I'm skateboarding. I have this, you know, I have my neighborhood friend Dave that's into a lot of the same things I am. And then, you know, Eric kind of comes into the picture just because he's he's the punk rock guy in the valley. Like, because I haven't made that transition of, like, looking like a skater so much, you know. But I got the Tony Hawk hair. And that's as close as it comes. I'm still, like, wearing whatever, you know, my parents buy me, you know. Because how it, old are you at this time? This is like eighth grade into ninth grade yeah. type thing. and um, But the Tony Hawk hair also fits right in with your kind of goth look, too. It does. Yeah. Completely. Completely. I hate it. People so. call that haircut the squeeb. Why? I it's I feel like it's an after-the-fact name that they uh, threw at it. They talk about that in the, the Bones Brigade documentary. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I, 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 I had that documentary. That Dude, I cried. I, I <laughs> want to cry kind of thinking uh, about Lance. it. Lance. Lance and Rodney. <laughs> they all cry for the most part in the documentary. Oh, man, Tommy. It was it's a great documentary. So good. Bones Brigade, uh I guess it's just called an autobiography. I guess so. Yeah, Clay and I drove to Tacoma to see it at some little theater. Ran into Eric Markley there and I hadn't seen him nice. in years. It was great. Yeah, so anyway, it's going you know, doing that and then uh when high school hits it's when, you know, all the town's schools are coming together and that's where I become friends with Scott Keith and Scott Keith and I Scott skated, but he wasn't like as into it. And he lived in fall city and I lived Mm -hmm. in North Bend. And so it's kind of a drive away. I still didn't have a car yet. And so, um, you know, we became friends and we have a couple other friends that aren't skaters, but they're into punk bands and Mm -hmm. stuff. And this friend, um, at the time, his father, Isaac Gamazel, his dad, drove us to a show at the, um, what was the train station that did shows sometimes downtown? The, uh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I want to say Union Transfer. That's not it. That's in Philadelphia. I'm sure there's uh, people screaming Union at their Street. phones right now. Union, um, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> About to text us. Ron's pissed off. <laughs> um, anyways, went to a show there. It was Butthole Surfers. Oh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, that's cool. And it was Mud Honey opening, oh. second band. It might wait. Tad Mud Honey Butthole. I don't know. Something like that. Something, we were going to see Butthole Surfers. Something incredible. Yeah, seeing Butthole Surfers. Because I'll bet every and, band was amazing. Yeah, it was a great night. And that show, so the Black Flag show, I was scared, but but also just so intrigued because Henry's on stage, shirtless, sweating. Mm-hmm. The place is hot dripping there's just all these punkers and skinheads and just and like legitimate yeah and i'm against the wall just like what is going on here and then my mind also is like i'm gonna get in so much trouble when i get home (laughs) so much deep shit and then like there's this guy spitting on henry and i'm like (laughs) what is 
why is he spitting on him? You know, and they stop, stop the song. And he tells them, hey, man, we're up here doing our thing. Respect. You can do your thing. Don't spit on me. Go back into the song. And it, and like, it's like they stopped and they start, like Greg started right at that same spot right. where they like, it was like mind blowing. Like, right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching something that I listened to on tape. I'm, I'm witnessing history in my own realm of just, ah, guy spits on him again, stops the song. This is your last warning, man. And by then the other crowd start, the crowd starting to push away from the stage and no one's diving anymore. No one's really pitting. It's just kind of like, whoa, it's really uncomfortable. And for me, I'm like, is this what happens at shows? Like it really, and we're, do, we're, do they we're, stop we're, shows we're, if, if we're something... in the black flag show now. Yeah. Yeah. This is Spokane. Yeah. This is the Spokane show. Okay. We, we swerved off of the butthole. Sorry, I'm just going no, back okay. of why this yeah. is important, to the, which leads into the butthole server right. show, where I felt completely safe and felt like I belonged. Oh, okay. You know, from one show to the other. So then the guy just is still like, oh, no, I'm going to do it. And they're doing the song, and all you hear is boom. And it's him, Henry hitting the guy in the face with the mic still in his hand. Yeah. Guy drops, and he just goes back into the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... Just like whoa i mean there's insane. video out there of this yeah. i don't know if it's this this incident but that i think happened yeah more than once with him yeah oh he constantly i mean you read that get in the van which is my bible <laughs> you know <laughs> so anyway so so jump you know i get home get into trouble get grounded no more no skateboarding oh you did like, get in trouble oh yeah i got huge they took huge the skateboard trouble. away well yeah because i didn't get permission they just thought i was going to the city to go skateboarding and you come home at like midnight or whatever no like <laughs> five in the morning in spokane <laughs> oh, so shit. driving yeah i just call hey i'm gonna be home super late when Tomorrow. really late <laughs> the sun comes up what are you doing uh, i had to see this band why didn't you just ask us now you're in trouble all right you so. had good parents why didn't, I had awesome parents. Why didn't you just uh, ask us? Why didn't you just ask us? It was... Because they at, might at, have said no. The, I know. That's you know, exactly at, the answer at, that when also you have at to the go to the show, I totally get it. At that time and what I'm into, I'm just, you know, you're not into your parents. Yeah. No. I'm my own person. Yeah. I take care of myself. <laughs> Except I'm fearless, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing, doing it the way it. you taught me, My dad. way. <laughs> my yeah, war, my way. But your parents were shows. After a while, it was it just became your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted and they my my parents were like, as long as you do well in school. Yeah. I, I already stated this, but like do your homework, do your chores, yep. do your thing. Yep. Weekends are yours. Yeah. You can go to that Just show, stay you can touch. come home at one in the morning, yep. two in the morning, it doesn't yep. matter. Yeah. Yep. So you ended- And my dad was like we were talking in high school, he's kind of a rebellious dude doing his thing. And so he was always and then by the, you know, they just my parents were just kicked back, real cool. Then they didn't care that you were in Seattle watching a butthole surfer show. Nope, as long as I came home and I was safe. Okay, so then the butthole surfer show. So butthole surfer that show happens, and it's like it's just a community. I felt something like this, and it was awesome. And so, flip side, I see a thing about Straight Edge and Minor Threat, and I was listening. I had a mixtape of Minor Threat on it, Mm -hmm. whatever. And but and I was just like, oh, that's that's me. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't do anything. All I do is want to go skateboarding and you never did any of that stuff never so why not because in north band where i grew up especially in in high school like partying and and drug and uh like well to back up there's a lot of history in my family yeah of drug and alcohol abuse um and so at a young age just witnessing some of that around me um and witnessing my mom kind of going through what she had to do to deal with and just basically telling family like hey 
you're not going to see my kids and you're, this isn't going to be around unless you guys straighten up. Right. And, you know, that's how it was. And that's kind of an early um, sensation of that type of world. Sure. Came around. And then so getting into junior high, I don't know of anything about that. I don't hang out with kids at party. You know, I'm going from BMX to skateboarding and that's all I want to do. Like you just want to do the activities. You didn't I just, want to I, do that. Okay. No, I wasn't, wasn't interested. Didn't so care. you never drank with anyone? Nope. You never smoked nope. weed? Nope. I've oh, never, wow. But there had to be so much there. of that around all your friends, though, because what the hell else is there to do out there? Yeah, I smoked a clove once. Wow. Oh. See, of course, like God. you said, so many things that yeah. are similar, right? Yep. But you didn't like it. It's uh, No. I'd See, it's my so the difference lame. is I did like it. I, yeah. Did you smoke them for a while? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. A little while. I mean, not like regularly. Yeah. I never like smoked cigarettes regularly, but yeah. I liked smoking clove cigarettes. Yeah. But I liked being around girls smoking yeah. clove cigarettes yeah. even better. Yeah. The smell of it is so it reminds you of uh, New Wave Girls. <laughs> totally. The best. Totally. Big hair. Big hair. Dark clothes. Yes. Trench coat. Oh, God. Fluvog. Fluvog shoes. Elf boots. Absolutely. Shoes. Uh, Heather from Issaquah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't, know if, I don't know if Sherry Lancaster <laughs> listens, to this, <laughs> listens to this podcast, but she's she she's in some of this. I mean, yeah. she, she's in uh, at least the show with uh, with Ad Odds and First Step at mm-hmm. the at the storage unit yeah. in Bellingham. Uh, were you at that show? Brotherhood came up with Feeding the Cause? No. Nope. I don't know if you were there. Okay. No. All right. So maybe you were never at the show with her, but you might remember no. who she was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she'd smoke, she'd smoke regular cigarettes, too, yeah. but she'd smoke a clove here and but, there. But so I didn't do any of that stuff, and I wasn't. You know, I didn't know that straight edge was a title or what people were. Yeah. You know, I just knew it was a song and there was these bands and guys and girls that played music that didn't do any of that. Didn't want to party, didn't want to be associated with that. And so with me, I'm like, you know, I'm going to these, you know, start going to shows a lot. And, you know, all I see is just, you know, basically a party at a show. And I, and I really didn't get it. I'm like. Well, you guys are acting exactly like the people that pick on me at school. So why are you doing this? I don't like. I don't want to partake in that because I don't want to be like them. Mm-hmm. I'm in this because I want to be like so against the grain, you know. And so going to shows for the next year or two. I don't. I don't even know where we are in order of things or whatnot. So, anyways, skateboarding. Uh, well, you said the- Bellevue saw a flyer. You said December second. 1986 is yeah. your straight edge. That's the day. Yeah. So that's going to make you between 14 and 15 mm-hmm. or turning 15. Yep. Okay. Come December. Yeah. Yeah. Come, or it's come second, a so week five later. Day, five yeah. days later. Oh, yeah. yeah. So six days uh, later, you're December 8th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going to shows whenever I can, either with Eric. I don't, Scott hadn't had a car yet. Cause once Scott got a car every, or even weekdays, my parents were like, you can go, stay but. in touch. We want a phone call at 10. Yeah. And we want a phone call when you're leaving. And some of those shows were just going across the water. So it was just like sketch. I mean, but we'd go to Tacoma to the community When you say center. going across the water, you mean coming across Lake Washington to Seattle or going no, across the to ferry, Bremerton? The ferry Bremerton. to Bremerton. Yep. Two different bodies of water yep. that we have to negotiate yep. here in the Northwest. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, shows at the Underground. You know, mm-hmm. seven seconds played there. Yep. I like seeing Circle Jerks and Tacoma. Didn't you? Circle Jerks it was, seven seconds? It was Circle Jerks, seven seconds, SGM, and SGM. Alphabet Swill. Oh my God. How do you remember the opener? That's just how I did. Nice. I think Alphabet. You were at that show? Yeah. So with, was I. with Bill Baker. Bill Baker Whoa. got beat up by skinheads at that show. That's <gasps> no. the one where he talks about okay. his episode. Yeah. I was at that show too. Um, It was fantastic. Fantastic. Every I loved 
every band. I didn't really love the Alphabet Swirl stuff so much because I was just waiting. But that SGM. was my f- my first pit. It was that show when Circle Jerks played Wild in the Streets. <laughs> so good. Wow. I was so excited because it's skateboarding to me. Mm-hmm. Whew, man. So great. Totally fantastic. So Alphabet so, Swill had some connection to seaweed. I've never really? been able to complete. There's not a lot of information out there about them, uh, but they're connected somehow in a family tree to seaweed. Wow. Yeah. They op- We yeah. saw them. We did. They opened. Crazy. But Probably like Clint in the band. It's so weird that Clint's you guys brother. were both at the same show <laughs> and that the world back then was so small. Yeah. Yeah. We could, yeah. Well, that was a huge show. Yeah. It was like, it was... Yeah, but it might have been a this huge was, show, but how many young, like, 14 or 16-year-old boys were there? Yeah, it, this lot. wasn't like going to the party hall. No, this I was like that. going to the Fugazi show at the Lake City yeah. Hall. A little smaller than that, but... That show, man. That show was awesome. Yeah, but even then, I was a little kid, or yeah. it felt like it in that crowd of people. Yeah, but we, I don't so remember fun. meeting you there, but we could have... No. We probably, you know... We could have. We may have shoulders. seen each other. Yeah, something. I mean, that show was huge. That was Circle Jerks and Seven Seconds at their peaks seven, of that time. It was just Seven Seconds... Before ourselves, praise before ourselves. Yeah, and the live the live one plus one album came out just after that, or just before that. Kev had long hair. Oh yeah, it was total tie dye. That's right. You buy the tie dye seven seconds. And I was bummed. I was like, (laughs) well, why do they have tie dye shirts (laughs) and stuff? My dad wore exactly. Like, (laughs) you know, and they didn't play the whole time. I'm like, just play, play something. They didn't play a lot of the old stuff. No, but I all I really wanted to hear was stuff off New Wind. Yeah, that's such a good record. <laughs> that was at, out of Seven Seconds Records. That's the first one I bought. That me too. The first one I owned. So good. Uh, well, actually, a friend said he was. But gonna, I wanted to hear t- crew stuff, and I'm like, why right. are they not? Like, what is wrong with you? And you know, you see pictures, and then you see, you know, and at that time, like singers, it was always the singer for me. You idolize them, and you start yeah. like, you know, what makes them tick? What makes them want to stop the world? Type mm-hmm. vibe, and then. You know, you see these pictures of Kevin Seconds with, you know, the you know black eyes. Yeah. And you come and you, and then you're like, no, that that's not. Is that him? Do they have a new singer? Like, no. Oh man. I had already known that he because because yeah. he was on the pictures, you know, of like praise and I yeah. mean, you kind of get the idea that he was yep. looking a little different at that point. But uh, yeah. and I was a long hair too. Yeah. So I was cool. Oh, okay. Like, you know? That's right. Like, yep. <laughs> like when the guy that I idolized started looking more like me. Yeah. I started feeling really happy about that. <laughs> You feel okay? <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So, so that was okay. Yeah. So I don't know where um, a flyer comes into my hands, either at one of the skate shops or Fallout. I mean, Fallout was a skate, skate shop, shop, but um, uh, but it was a skate I get this. Shop. Yeah. So I get a little flyer, seven bands, six bucks, all local bands, Bremerton, Natasha's Pavilion. Yo, Scott, let's go to this. Scott has a car by then. All right, we're gonna go. So we go, and it's on the flyer is. Gestures of Chaos, Brotherhood, um, Aspen Feast, maybe? Early, that early, um, I think. Could very well be. I don't know, but Brotherhood's at the top. Right. And it's the cartoon picture of Straight Edge Man, Brotherhood in Straight Edge font. Or not Straight Edge font, but yeah. uh, Collegian fonts. Ooh, what is this? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to be fun. It's going to be all local bands. I'm really excited because really I don't know about a local scene type stuff. I'm just going to shows and there's the opening band and I'm not really paying attention to like where they're from. And I'm like, oh, actually I'm seeing bands that you know, that are from the area, you know? Yeah. And I'd seen the accused a couple times already and was like mind blown away. Cause it's like, well, this is punk on 45, you yeah. know, which is, it's so fast and insane and so great. And the shows are so fun. So we go there, you know, having a good time, da, da, da. brother, it sets up and they're like, they're they just look different. 
they're not like punk kids. And I and definitely I don't look like a punk kid. By then I'm just wearing skate clothes. I have my skater hair, whatnot. And Ron's up there. And oh, so it was pacing. Ron. Yeah, it was Ron. Like one of the early. Had to be, it might, might maybe his first show with him. Show with him. Okay. I don't know. And he's pacing. And I'm all, this just, this guy looks intimidating. Mm-hmm. He looks like no one else. These guys don't look like no one else. These guys look like, you know, the guys I play sports with. This is crazy. Yeah. You know, they're all Ron had an intensity it. that yeah. was unlike it was. anything and he, else I'd And seen. It, his pace. It was his pace. <laughs> and then they kick in and they start playing and I'm mind blown. Just like, this band is so good. They're so tight. And he's moshing <laughs> the, the Ron two-step. Yep. <laughs> you know? This is late 88, right? 89? I think, yeah, in there. But anyways, so he's doing that and mind blown. And this is really what struck me is like I never going to those earlier shows I didn't realize that there's a merch table there that their bands are selling their t-shirts and tapes I right. wish I knew would have known then because I probably would have some killer old t-shirts because <laughs> oh I've saved we, a lot of my old if t-shirts we only knew now, I know right <laughs> then so know now. <laughs> Ron's like hey we have this demo if you want to buy it after the show we're right over there oh okay so I went over there buy a tape mm-hmm. go home play it and it it sounds like how they did when they were on stage. And I'm just like, wow, this is <laughs> awesome. Oh, and so to go back, he's on stage talking about straight edge. And I'm like, oh, and they're wearing X's. And I'm like, well, this is me. This is, he's basically saying how I feel and how I am. But that's, you're saying December 88. Yeah. Not 86. Okay. But I was in the realm of things. Right. I was straight edge. Okay. And, without but I didn't call without, without knowing. Yeah. The you know right, minor right. threat and all these uh, this DC is why I and Boston see, I and all see this why stuff. I thought I had because I actually was like I am straight edge and I knew what it was on that date in eighty seven mm-hmm. I didn't like retroactively go back and pick a date no but if you go back in like early Thrashers Steve Caballero and O'Brien saying oh we're straight edge yeah. kids yeah but to me I, I don't know that as a title as, sure. as a representation you well, know uh, I'm just so like Brotherhood put like a a, picture, a stamp just right, like yeah and because I'm watching it come out of his mouth of like I'm fucking straight edge. We're not like you, da 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 da. You know, we're setting the whatever he was saying, and it just. Well, I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking me. Yeah, this is how I feel when I go to school. This is how I feel. I don't fucking want to be around any of you. You finally saw your reflection. Fucking a, fucking a, like huge. So I go home, and listen to the tape nonstop, day after day after day. And there's a address in the demo. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. I'm going to write him a letter. <laughs> hey, my name's John. I saw you at the show. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I feel the same way how you say you are. I, I don't know. Whatever I was about gloating that about. in his episode. He did, Ron, man. And it, did I choked. It was just like, <laughs> that letter is so important to me of everything because he wrote me back. And, and that like when I go back wrong. to idolizing things and, 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 you know, as a young age and we, we do have our idols and whatnot. Now there's someone that actually wrote, he like, there's a guy on stage. I love music. This is a front man. And he's writing me back. Like it mind blowing. Like, whoa. Like he was the builder completely. He built completely. The Northwest Hardcore scene. He did. He did. By writing you back. By writing me back. And by tr- doing, and, and in the next couple and, of years. And he, then he goes, we're playing again at this show in our friend's basement with some other local straight edge bands. You should come out and hang out with me. And I'm like, fuck mom, look at this. Can I do this? Do you mind? And I think, did I have to 
No, my mom was. I don't think my mom was just like, I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> I think by then I, it was it was okay. Check in with me. Right, because you, you were 16. 16 or yes, 17. Yeah, 16 or 17. Yeah. And um, he's like, you know, come in early and then you can ride over with the band to the show. And, you know, and to me, and, and, and by then I got Scott involved, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, fuck, this is fucking awesome. Like, I'm just like, but that yeah. show you're talking about, that's the Lenny's basement show. That's Lenny's basement. That's where you, where and, I you and I meet. Yeah. Because of the letter and you so wrote to Ron. Because of the letter I, you wrote back. Yeah. I go to Ron's, uh, meet the other guys in the band and go to the show and I meet the kids and refuse, which, you know, you meet Mark and Ryan, Mark and Ryan. And then and you Joel. also, and Joel. Yep. Oh, oh that's Joel right. and their thinking? bass player at the time, Josh. Right. And then and also the first step first guys, step guys, which is Brett Van Horn. Who's been on yeah. the show and, and Jason. And, and so coming to the, you know, I'm going to Bremerton, going over to the show. And in my, in my head, I'm just thinking shows as in going into a venue stage, right. all this stuff. And we're going to this house. And so I'm just like, what is like, your shows in a basement? It's yeah. your first basement Th- show. This is, yeah, this is it's what... So weird because my this first is... show was in a basement. So it's so weird to think of that <laughs> opposite, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, you know, to me it's concerts. Yeah. That's how I'm thinking, right. not show. And so, wait, we're going to this basement? Like, this is crazy. So, you know, meeting people, meeting you, and there's all these people that are the same way as me, you know? And it was just like... And that show was so fun. It really was. It was so fun. And then I just... Went back, stay the night at Ron's. The next day, wake up, and he's just like, I'm going to start, I'm going to make mixtapes for you. And just puts Wide Awake, Youth of Today, just straight, straight, straight edge tapes. Still have those tapes. Wow. And Yeah, Ron passed so many tapes to us up man. in Bellingham. We get yeah. the Gorilla Biscuits, yep. Judge Before It's Out. Yep. Like all kinds of shit. Like inte- and I mean, he's, we he's all a- heard Integrity and Ringworm for the first time because of Ron. Yeah. A couple of years later, this just yeah. became his thing. It was. And because of Ron, he's like, you need to get a record player because all bands don't put out tapes. Oh, okay. Oh, Ron got Mom, you into vinyl. Get- yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. Do you remember that apartment? You'd go in and he had the framed record covers um, that he'd like made like the copy or the yeah. color copy at Kinko's or whatever. Yeah. But I'm walking and it's like, oh my God, he's got that apartment so cool up there. He's got like, a, like yeah. I think that's, I think it's Youth of Today. He's yep. got all these like killer records. I yeah. remember just like, yeah. I've never even seen just, those records in real just life. just ate it up like from that weekend <laughs> on every weekend. I wanted to go <laughs> hang out with Ron, you know? But and they didn't play. I mean, shortly after that, they went on tour with the accused mm-hmm. and did that scared straight. Is it scared straight tour? Oh, or straight? Uh, not scared straight. I splatter straight or anyways. <laughs> splatter straight. I don't know. Could I don't know. Could be but so you know, they, they, it's the hometown show, and you know by then I'm you know, just listening to mix. At this point, it. Ron's going hoarse, screaming at the at the <laughs> yeah. speaker from it's all the things we're getting wrong. Yeah, probably. Um, this is all the best my re- my recollection. So um, I think you did well. Yeah, thanks. So you know they're coming back so excited to see Brotherhood again and Natasha's with the accused, and who shows up? Fucking Wrecking Crew, because Wrecking Crew's oh, in town, right? And they play that show, and I'm like, whoa! I'm seeing Wrecking Crew because, and I only know Wrecking Crew because of Ron. Right. So from that moment on, all I'm doing is like, Mom, take me to Tower. By then, I know Fallout Records. Right. I want to get as much hardcore as I can, you know, and I get that Wrecking Crew record, and then they're in town, and I'm like. By then, I'm you got the I'm Wrecking Crew album, or you got the the split, the four way split, the album. Okay, yeah, with uh, there was a live one that had what's the token entry? World of Hate is that the first song? I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably gonna get 
punished for this. Never did no more like this. Never know when I'll lose. Lies. So good. You know? Because I was instantly into Boston hardcore because of Ron. Yeah. Ron's like, yeah, there's these ends and then there's SSD. You know, and then there's, you know, and just like, whoa, just. Yep. All my money was on skate, still skateboarding, but records, 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 records. So much fun, you know? And, and then, so you were, so you also were still dancing, still dancing, <laughs> skateboarding, still skateboarding, break dancing, uh, no, which I guess break, is the same. Break dancing was starting, starting to, to go. Phase. Yeah. A little, little bit of graffiti. That was phasing out. That was phasing but out But I too. came back into it a couple, some years later. And soccer. Soccer started phase. Okay. So. Uh, in high school doing a thing and still not really into girls. I got girls I like and crushes, but I don't you know. So weird. There you was told a time me in junior high. Into girls? You're, you, hold on a minute. Hold Uh-oh. on a minute. There, I'm busted. You had some <laughs> high school girl shenanigans, didn't you? High school? Yeah. Yeah, but not like my first girlfriend was when I was a junior and she was a senior. It's a complete and John that's a girl, Hughes that's a girl film. I know. Tina. Who, Tina. Who, who drove the first undertow. To her right. down the West Coast. Right. And I know her because of at a singing her a couple shows. She started shows, coming to shows. And because she she stayed, yeah. I believe, so you I'm guys going slept to shows. on my floor in Belgium. So I'm going to, going to shows. And, you know, in my junior year, still that's all I want to do. Skateboard, shows. But then I'm like, oh, girls are red. Like, they're really pretty and all this stuff. But I go to Mount Sai and no one's going to... I have four friends that are skateboard punk kids. Right. And, like, you know, well, I, plus, I fucking plus look like a weirdo. Edge, you're not supposed to have sex. Right. Right. And so, um, <laughs> what, what, uh, did, you ever, so did you ever actually, uh, that was one that of the first of conversations. That was did I believe in that yeah, part? The, the sex, no sex part. Not no sex, but like monogamous sex. Yeah. yeah because absolutely. I was with my first girlfriend, Tina, I was with for almost four years. Right. But at know? no point. So, and then, the, so there was never then one. I crushed. <laughs> there was never one minute <laughs> when I, when I reasonably thought that straight edge meant you weren't supposed to have sex with anybody at all. Um, I literally thought it was just about responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I because every because the alternative of that to me was just like, well, that's crazy. That's, <laughs> okay, that, so none that, of that makes so any this sense. thing. And if Lizzie ever hears it, because I always give her crap about it, of <laughs> like, so uh, you know, you watch another state of mind, uh-huh. and this is where that's a little bit too of like where straight edge for me before I meet Ron. Right, I see another state of mind on yep. night flights. Absolutely, and me so too. I read, I see that, and also Mike Ness was a huge influence on me with. Mm-hmm hair and makeup type thing because that's you know he had that androgynous type vibe to him and whatnot because i love social story he likes to wear thing. he likes to wear mascara and maybe makes him look he makes like he's been crying so cool coolest man on the planet honestly like you know i hear whatever that you want to say dick, but whatever whatever you like, want to say that scene where he's talking about putting on the eyeliner in another state yeah. of mind is one of the greatest things it's out so there. great so great that movie is so fucking good yeah you rocked that's a, another great so well as well thanks you did thanks <laughs> you can thank freddie mercury later yeah it's all <laughs> it, it all, all comes from freddie <laughs> first record i own <laughs> so um but anyways you didn't do any of that until hemsa true that's just true weird. somehow you you god yeah because you were for me so in my mind i still picture you sometimes with a pompadour i do yeah. yeah, that was your look for a long time. You held long that time. one for a good long Thanks. time. I like yeah. that hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you held on to it through. But it also goes back coral. to my mom. My mom was a beautician. You know, it's always hair and makeup around the house type stuff. And so she would do your makeup. Uh, I did devil in my mom's makeup probably sometime here and there and whatnot. Nice. Um, I I would eyeliner and stuff would I would wear it to school, but I wouldn't leave the house in it. You right. know, I would. You put it. You on know, once school. yeah, on yeah. to school and whatnot, and then you know. 
freshman year, the fucking asshole that always picked on me picked on me. Well, when when Soto was Tom talking about Hendrickson, mm, naming names. <laughs> oh, I will. Hmm. I got revenge. Oh, we're gonna really? hear, we're gonna have to hear that story. But so it when Soto, anyways, when Soto was talking about putting on the makeup at school, yeah, you must have related to that. Oh, completely, completely. It's in Soto's but episode. It wasn't. Of it wasn't dramatic. It was just some eyeliner, and I still skater hair, and yeah, it was just me trying to find me. Sure, you know? I'm still trying to find me. Let's talk about this revenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Freshman year, I am who I am, doing my thing, and there's this hick cowboy, redneck guy, Tom Hendrickson, um, just started in on me. And it, I mean, it's back then, you know, hazing on freshman kids and and, it, and growing up in a small town. That was normal. Yeah, it was normal. Yeah. And, um, and so... He just would lay into me, zip tie my hands, put me under, because in the senior hallway, there was these benches. He would zip tie me and put me underneath them, you know, and I would try and fight back, but there's a point where you just give up. You're like, you're not going to win this. Mm-hmm. Do you want this guy to fuck with you every day? Can I swear? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Have, we, so, have we somehow not sworn? I don't know. I don't you, know. You I just, have sworn. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, for, for. Two semesters, just in laying into me, laying into me. Never knew why. It's like, why did he pick me? Maybe it's just because of how I look, because I'm in the skateboarding, whatever. Um, no one else is standing up for me. I don't know. All right, dude, you're on your own type thing. So I would just start taking it. Lock. He put me in the lockers. You know, uh, it, it came to a point where it felt like he was just after me. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, come third semester, I have to, um you know, pick another elective and there's nothing I want. So they just choose it for you. And I got auto mechanics, which I thought was fine. Um, my dad works on cars. So I was like, ah, be knowledgeable to, you know, be able to work on car cars in the future, whatever. And so who's the teacher assistant, the guy that torments me. And so I'm like, so all so right, is he helping run the class. Yeah. And, and, and in class, he's not doing anything to me, but he gives me the death stare sometimes. And you know, like I'm going to get it type yeah. vibe. And, um, and, you, and by then I'm over it. I'm like, he could do whatever. Like, you right. know, I'm so over it. If this makes him feel like a real man, then whatever he gets, you know, I, I can still go home and, and, and be fine with it. So I'm just wishing something would happen to him. And <laughs> one day he has his car up on the, uh, stilts or, you yeah. know, the hydraulics like for is it, the front is, of the car. Is the whole car lifted up? No, under? just the front. So the front, the oh, like front, you, okay, yeah. So so he can get under it, right, right, the front, right, right. You know, underneath the engine and the, the just little ramps. Little... No, it's not a ramp because what happens is the thing kind of collapses, and so it's just those little two jacks. That go, okay, yeah, the yeah. little jacks that go on to the axle. Yep. yep. And so um, he's on there working on it. I'm probably fiddling around with you know something, and all of a sudden there's this big boom, and class turns around and. He, the hood has come down on him and he's screaming. And what had happened is his, he had moved forward. The car came off the jacks and his hand went into the fan belt and oh. basically ripped his thumb off. <gasps> <laughs> so you, oh, and you listen, so to, I'm listen s- to that giggle. <laughs> this is your bully. Yeah. He zip ties your hands and puts <sighs> you under benches yep. in the, for other people to laugh at. Yeah. And you just watch his thumb get ripped off in class. Amazing. And you didn't feel bad for him. No. You felt triumphant joy. Yeah. Because he was that much of a fucker. Yeah. Were they able to put the thumb back on? No. Because years later, well, not years later, but a few years later, going back to visit my parents at once I'm out of high school, getting gas at the local gas station, 
he is in the garage. He's the mechanic there, and he's still missing a thumb. <laughs> so he didn't get for my it, it own neurotic self worth. I would go to that gas station on purpose to get gas to make sure he was still there, thumbless. <laughs> so thumbless, thumbless. Oh man! Well, don't. I mean, that's just the world saying don't. Yeah. And I assume that uh, it's hard to tie a zip tie without a fucking thumb. Right? Oh, man. Whoa. Look at him spin that. No kidding. I love it. Love it. Right, Better his thumb than mine. Why? Well, sure, this happened 30 years ago, but I don't like enemies of my friends, so fuck him. Fuck him. He probably has a you know nice job at the garage. Maybe. That garage isn't there anymore. Oh. It's not a... It was like a cigar cigarette stand. Now it's a probably vape stand. Because <laughs> that's the craze. He runs you know? the vape store. Vaping. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. So wow. here, here's the situation that we're we're finding ourselves in. Mm-hmm. We are way into this podcast, yeah. and we haven't even we jump around a lot. I'm sorry. No, no, no it's I, totally fine. But if we continued with all the things that I know that because we we're have up to Ron. talk about. What up to Ron? What to Ron? You and I just met. Normally, this would be about the middle point of the podcast, yeah. maybe, maybe two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. You are definitely going to need to come back and do another episode It would be me. my pleasure. And we'll do a- we'll This do is one my where it's like, favorite non-wrestling podcast. Non-wrestling podcast. Non-wrestling. You, you listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. A lot of wrestling podcasts. Art of Wrestling, Colt Cabana. That's so a good. good. That's my favorite. Colt Cabana. I think I've heard- Have I heard Colt Cabana on-, on He was Marins? on Mark Marin's. Yep. On his show and, I believe, on... The wrestlers on that have been podcast. on Marin's show have been fantastic. CM Punk. CM Punk. Best C- in the world. Great. He Straight has a podcast, edge. too? Uh, no. He does he not. He is currently training to be to have a fight in the UFC. He walked away from wrestling. Okay. And he actually has a two-parter, even if you're not into wrestling, he has a two-parter on Art of Wrestling with Cole Cabana, because mm-hmm. him and Colt are like best friends growing up in the wrestling indie wrestling scene right. in the Midwest. Um, like backyard wrestling, him. that crazy backyard wrestling. That's shit, how they right? started. Yeah. And then they got into indie, like indie wrestling in the Midwest and East Coast is huge. It never stopped. Even when WWE took over the territories, it's still huge. I know that's so weird and like wrestling <laughs> no, it's knowledge, cool. Listen, but I love it. It's, it's another thing. Actually, that falls into another huge passion of mine, of my dad having, being a cable man, because remember we touched oh. earlier about the, the little dial knob. If you went between two numbers, you could get another channel, and that's where I saw NWA wrestling. You saw you saw wrestling for Dusty the first Rhodes. Time. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to watch it when American it was Dream. Like I used to like the the guy who would eat the turnbuckles, and he had the green tongue. George the Animal Steel. George the Animal Steel. <laughs> Amazing. You know he was <laughs> and, a school anything. teacher. Fantastic. Oh, that's how you you learn about stuff. Wait a minute. Podcast. Did they base? The blob in Billy Madison on George the Animal Steel? Possibly. Because hmm. he's a school teacher <laughs> yeah. and a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I think this is where I'm going to live. All right, we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit more. We're not going to totally shut it so down. So good to see yeah. you. Thanks for oh, visiting. I love you. I love you too. Oh, and I'll tell you a little secret. Right oh, what's before that? Dave and I started dating, I yeah. had the biggest crush on you. What? Uh-huh. See, future wife? Yep. Well, the crush is same there were a lot of crushes going around the time we love you i do i i I definitely i definitely 
You're a lucky man. I swooped in somehow. I did. It wasn't for really, any of us. And that wasn't really her. my thing. Well, you kind of had a reputation back then. <laughs> I was a scumbag. Yeah, you kind of had a reputation. What can you do? Wait, let's talk about and this. Jay, this is only a couple Jake years Snyder, out of high school. We're not even into Undertow yet. No. Had, we're not even into my first girlfriend yet. How can we go <laughs> from was... like my bully to me being a scumbag? It's horrible. Well, just because I said segued that. from pro wrestling talk. Well, it I gave you confidence. I always had confidence. Yeah. Yeah. You were, I don't you know were just where, intimidating. I think dad, my dad just gave me come. I was intimidating? A little bit. For, I've heard that before, but I don't. Because you had girls I heard I'm an asshole. <laughs> I never, heard, I never thought that you were um, an asshole or anything like that, but I remember Jake Snyder. Well, good Jake. Oh, yeah. Jake Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jake. <laughs> what about Jake Snyder? What he, he, he said something. I can't remember the word. That exactly, guy's a scumbag. But something that I'm sure that actually Jake <laughs> said, but he decided to tell me John said it, that John liked my boobs and that I should go out on a date with him. And that just freaked me I out. I really probably bad. totally said that. <laughs> Right, but but that's what Jake said to me about I you. Know, now that I know that that's what Jake said, <laughs> because I confided I that Jake in Jake. One of the first people that I talked to, one of the first people that I talked to about Mike Land was Jake mm-hmm. Snyder. Right, and he was like, "She's that very chesty girl." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's a lot more creepy than yeah. me going like, "I like your boobs." But bear in mind, I like though, boobs. Jake has a style of speaking that is. Is if you've heard him Jake on any just podcast, has a style. absolutely. But he also speaks kind of slowly, and he, <laughs> he, he like it's like he chooses a word and then says it like he's savoring it a little bit. And that was definitely how he's I was, a poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't. I was like, oh yeah. I think I. I don't think I said dibs, but I said something like that. Like he was like, I thought I about can't her. dibs a girl. <laughs> oh, good guys do it all Within the time. Friends, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but you scared but me, or else I Mike Lynn, like you're you know, right. You can't dibs a girl. You can't dibs a girl. It has no effect on what the girl decides. No, but amongst a group of friends, they may have a set of rules about Sar first. It's true, and there were so few of us. There were so very, <laughs> very, very few. few of us. <laughs> very few. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and in that world, I really try to not have like or date someone in that. Yeah, because no. it messes I, stuff up if it doesn't go right. Yeah, I guess so. Because all the it girls can. were either literally like attached to a band or whatever. Like yeah. they were all friends with each yeah. other already. And yeah. so and back then there wasn't a whole lot of I mean, there was not a whole lot of us. So no. like the straight edge fr- kids were friends with. But the it was so important that you girls the were there. The you women. Skaters. Oh, yeah. But, and I think that's what a part of it, too, was because that's like you know starting and building in that community and we were all everyone knew each other and it was so important because there was nothing else around us nope so i mean i'm speaking for myself to dabble in that like to to cross those kind of uh boundaries of like trying to date someone because i i was doing those things i always looked past of like who who can this hurt how would i hurt this person because of me and my issues of you know, monogamy or, uh, you know, being with one person type thing. Like I, that was always a huge trouble with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never wanted to dabble or, or, you know, so you relations. dabbled in other streams. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just outside the scene. Just dabbled. <laughs> Just dabbled. <laughs> Just dabbled. <laughs> you know, a taste you couldn't, pollute, you couldn't pollute the home waters. No, didn't. No. Okay. Yeah. 
No. Why do that? No, because I mean, some yeah. people did, and look what happened. Oh Ooh, God! Man. Think of all of the, was, the stories. There was stuff. Yeah, there was stuff. There was some stuff. Yeah. But you know what? Some great relationships came out of it. You guys, some great relationships oh, yeah. came out of it, and I bet some great songs came out of it too. I mean, there's yes. nothing like pain to make art. Man, true. Great truth. Yeah, it's true. Okay, I'm gonna leave you guys to finish. Okay. Up. All right. Now that I've made love that confession, you. I mean, love you. Love you. Love you. We better hang out soon. Yes. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Wow. All right. So, so basically, what? She's so hot. Oh, I know. I I love it, man. It's I love it. I, look, I had a lot of <laughs> I've had a lot of uh, setbacks and things that haven't exactly worked the way I wanted mm-hmm. to in my life. Yeah. But I have one big win. Yeah. That basically I always have to keep in mind when I wonder how come I never win. It's like yeah. because you only maybe only get so much get good, and so much bad. Yeah. I already won the jackpot. Yeah. What do I expect to win another yeah. lotto? Yep. So I, I think about that. That's cool. I think about it every day. Good. So Very good. Yeah. And then she always just barges in whenever I'm doing whatever. She's the boss. She's the boss. She yeah. owns everything. Yeah. Like she got me these new <laughs> headphones. She apparently doesn't hate what I'm doing because she got me some headphones Beautiful. for the podcast. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. So listen, here's the deal. We we haven't even gotten up to you being in bands. Why you thought you could be in bands. Right. Because um, we're on. Because we're on. So, yeah. so he was like, hey, you could play bass. He threw a bass at you? No. So actually before that, so I, you know, the show where I meet you and everybody mm-hmm. else at. Um, within a short amount of time, I basically am the, because I have a car by then I become refuse, which later turns into undertow. Right. I become their, I guess, roadie because right. I'm dri- They're They're too young to drive. Right. So I would drive from North Bend to their houses, get them and drive them to the shows. Like I drove them to Spokane for brotherhood and better off show. Right. And, uh, another first step. Show. Was first up on that one too? I think so. Probably. I didn't get to go to that one. <sighs> so cool. So fun. My second time to Spokane. It's the it's so the great. show that the the re, the pictures on the Better Off seven inch. Yes. Okay. Bill Baker's in all those photos. Really? Yeah. There's a Better Off now. Hey, question. Mm, yeah. Because there's another first step that came along a few sure, years ago. Sure. The first about, step. Yeah. How do you feel about the about bands of the now or of the past few years using band names from? I mean, how many words are there? You know? I mean, whatever. I don't care. Like, uh, was it... I don't know. Like, for, for me, the purest in me, I'm like, oh. But, but I, I mean, I know though. they wouldn't really know who the first, first step was from Bellingham. Right. And first or step Better from Off. Bellingham did not release even a demo. Really? And they were not on any how compilations. Do... They just played oh, those shows. Yeah. And so they were on the flyers. Yeah, and there were yeah. t-shirts. That's true. And they were they were doing a record true. that never got completed, which is right up there on those reel-to-reels right there. Fuck. Release it. Do you know anyone who even has the equipment that we could see what's there? Clint. <laughs> Where's Clint? I talked to Brian Van Cleet who recorded that. And I was like, do you remember, is it finished? And he was like, he seemed to remember that there are entire parts that aren't finished within the recording. And that's why it was never Let done. Let me finish them. <laughs> they're, they're, it's going to be, the thing is, it's kind of like finding lost blast reels, except no one cares. I would. <laughs> a few people would care. I would care. Fun. I just bought a blast seven inch a week ago. No, I don't mean, no, no. On. With blast, people care. Oh, okay. First step from Bellingham. <laughs> yeah. There's like I 10 would, people who'd I'd be pretty stoked. Well, I'd be one of them. So you got to find nine others. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to really find Dave Longstreth uh, or Logan from first step. Cause yeah. he was on Facebook a few years ago. Really? I've lost touch with him again and he needs to be sitting where yeah, you're sitting does. so we can do That'd some talking so good so logan if you're out there listening man get in touch. get in um i'll come pick you up 
<laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I was roading. What do no, what do I, I what do I think? You asked what do I think about bands that use names. I mean, yeah. I don't think the first step knew about Bellingham first step when they did. They should. And it's like <laughs> go on to Discogs and just look up some of the bands, like some of the hardcore bands that you like, and they'll be like, you know, they put a little they put parentheses and then a number because depending on how many listings <laughs> they have, right? And so it'll be like, oh, uh, here's uh the answer. Six, because the hardcore answer is the sixth band called The Answer in Discogs. And it goes, I mean, I was, I don't remember what it was. It was something with a pretty generic name the other day I was looking on there, but it was, they were number 10. Hmm. It's, there's only so many names that work. Um, What can you do? What can you do? I mean, what, is there another Undertow out there? There's probably like eight. I think. Oh, there's, there's a metal Undertow, I think, from Germany or something. I, I don't know, sent one of you guys something to like stop using the name or like the bands have been dead for a while. (laughs) <laughs> dummies yeah exactly whatever hey, well and like you know rocky vote a lot got into it with Waxwing. there was a really? band called the wax wings and there was a, a back and forth about legal stuff and then they started talking it's and then they realized stuff. they they realized they you know liked what? each other fight it out well they actually who wins they actually gets the name no i mean like fighting <laughs> oh you mean they should actually fist yeah. fight well in the end <laughs> they were talking about releasing a split record where it was waxwing on one awesome. side and the wax wings on the Killer. other because they, they were just like, so whoever it was, whatever manager or lawyer or who, mm-hmm. they just told them, shut up. Like, yeah. we can be the wax wings and they can be wax wing and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, I think, how I, just, right. I, I don't want to get hung up on, people get hung up on like bands wrote songs with the same titles as other hardcore band songs. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we run out of titles. We run out of lyrics. No, no you no. don't think we do? No. Well, you don't. No. <laughs> Is there a band out there called Look Before You Leap? There you go. <laughs> I think there is. Is there? Are you in a band called Look Before You Leap? No, but it was a Refuse song. Oh, I talked about the <laughs> Look Before You Leap Look song you leap. On, on the phone the demo. with someone yesterday. That's really? Right. Yeah. Refuse demo. <laughs> the Refuse demo so great. Uh, played. I have four. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I got it. My friend got it. and We listened to it. I went, I don't think, uh, I don't know if I like that. Oh, I I didn't. It didn't. It wasn't until the the four song Undertow. They became demo. My, my second favorite band after Brotherhood. For me, because they were young. Well, that was cool. Yeah, and I was man, into it. it was I was cool. into the idea. Yeah, I loved the Refuse sticker with the peanuts with like Charlie so Brown. Cool. I still have one. <laughs> so great. I still got one stuck on something. And somewhere. the X Refuse X. Absolutely. Uh, with blue font. But yep. Ron oh, and his man. blue. Fucking Mark Kinko's Murph. printing. So great. <laughs> so listen. Yeah. <laughs> um. Once, once Refuse became Undertow, mm-hmm. that was when it really, for me, and I saw it, yeah. it was cool because it was that, I've, I talked about this quite a bit. I just talked about this in the interview thing that I did the other day. Uh, when you see that band that you thought wasn't good and you see that show where the couple new songs get played and those old songs get played a little better and the crowd responds a little bit more and you see the look on people's faces where they're like, oh, oh, and the band feels that little bit of positive energy mm-hmm. and just gets like the, that is something I love. Yeah. And it's, it only happens for a little while, yeah. you know? And then, cause then the next time you see that band two weeks later or whatever, and the demo came out because they sold the demo at this show. Now 10 kids know the words to their favorite song. Mm-hmm. And now there's going to be a sing along. So, so I got to see that with undertow. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, you were providing a lot of action shot photo opportunities right because yeah. you're jumping around with that bass like uh, a lunatic yeah so that was it then then it was like oh from ron guys... ron gave me the bass and you looked this band now looks good in his yeah <laughs> right i don't know so but we okay well, so jo- 
I remember Josh got kicked out, and then it was like, oh, let John play bass. I don't know how to play. Here's a bass. Play it. Okay. <laughs> and what so you I just... Do? Where do I... Where do the notes... Where do I put my uh, fingers? Yeah. How do I put this on? <laughs> it, it worked, though. Yeah, Mark just showed me. Put your finger here, put your finger there. And wrote, like, made me notes. Yeah. And it was... Took off from there. And it, it was great. You played the party hall? Party hall. Well, the first... I think the first show that I played was an accident... We just had all, it, it, this is, if I remember right, it was an Olympia at some little thing and it was head first had come up. Oh yeah. And I think it was supposed to be head first and was it Gallion's lap? I don't know. And we were all there and they're like, well, Undertow's here. Or sorry. Well, yeah, I guess it was. Head first was, was selling those killer t-shirts with the scarecrow face yeah. on it. And they had dipped blue t-shirts yeah. into purple. Cause ink. we were playing the Seattle show with him the next night. <laughs> and, but we were all there and we ended up playing. So, right. and we, I think I had only known four songs yeah. then. And, but at those standards, it was fine at that time. Four songs was enough. Four songs is all you wanted to hear. And you know, to this day, four songs is all I want to hear <laughs> from a band set. Even some of the bands I've played in, I'm like, do we have to play more than four songs? So anyway, <laughs> here's what I want to do. Oh, but I remember, the reason I remember t-shirts from head first yeah. is that, uh, they had dipped them into ink. Yeah. And then it didn't cure. Yeah. So everyone took them home and threw them in the wash and ruined Gone. a load of clothes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. Thanks. And then the shirts were just blue. Yeah. Like it was like, wait, these aren't two tone yeah. killer. Yeah. But it was a it was a great looking idea at the yeah. time. Yeah. Um and that's when they came up and they weren't really playing the seven inch songs anymore. Yeah. And we're just like they weren't as... oh we're not we're over that. Like, no, like those you're seven Orange County straight edge band. What happened now? Like you're trying to be like seven seconds. Ex- except yeah. seven seconds did it well or uniform choice or you know yeah. Yeah. <sighs> like everybody who wants to make better music not me not- <laughs> there you go that's awesome so listen so right now we are entering your musical career you just talked about you got the bass career on <laughs> musical no no this part of your life where you get into music passion there you go that's fine we're not called <laughs> career is a bad word but what i'm trying to say is this is something people know about. Yeah. They know about it from videos that are out there and they know about it from following your bands mm-hmm. and they know about it from basically, that's how people know who you are. Why yeah. people maybe that tuned into this podcast to hear what you had to say. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's not that that's the, the least interesting part of what the interview would be, but we, I, we could, you and I could spend a lot of time and I think we should yeah. talking about each of those bands sure. and where you were in your life and where you went. And it's a whole nother podcast. So I want to invite you back to do another podcast. Okay. So I want to jump past it. Sure. And I want to talk about what you've been doing since the end of Hemsa. Because okay. Hemsa was probably the last big project that was taking you out on tour and you yeah. were living music. Yeah. So when does Hemsa end and what are you doing since? But, oh, and you've been talking about straight edge this whole time. You're still straight edge. Fuck yeah. You are- I, I am fucking straight edge and i will fucking x up right now <laughs> we're just we're just gonna <laughs> and you know what leave some space on either you side you know of what i a lot of friends that aren't anymore and that's fine that's cool yeah but if it wasn't for straight edge i wouldn't have been able to live a most exciting fucking life that i've been able to do travel the world i fucking met my current wife and have a child all because of that it might sound silly and stupid to a lot of people don't give a fuck if it wasn't for that choice I made, none of this would have fallen into order. Clearly, it's not for everyone. No. But you know who it's for? And I don't want those people in it. There you go. But it's for me. <laughs> and that's fine. And it's for you. Exactly. And there's something like, it's been a big deal for me that 
I've always had a couple people that I could count on. I, I wouldn't doubt for a second. Mm-hmm. You've always been one of those people. You too. I mean, thank you and you're welcome. Thank you. Because I just, <laughs> it's like a solid rock foundation it thing. Is. And it's, people are like, why do you care? Well, mostly I don't, except for yeah. when I do and then I care absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Straight is fucking killer, man. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> 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 Look, I do awesome. I do another podcast with a guy who smokes copious tons, amounts of weed. Tons. And he does it here before we record. Whoa. And that's fine. I am totally cool with that. But that but I'm straight edge motherfucker. <laughs> so that's right. I don't have a problem with what other people want to do. Right, don't fuck shit. up your life. But fuck. this has been, you know, if you're if you're fifteen years old and you're listening to this right now and you're like, God, should I make a decision? that I will still be stoked about and adhering to when I'm 45 years old. Yep. <laughs> but isn't it strange that like for you and I both, if, if we weren't, if, or, you know, we stopped being straight edge and a lot of those people, a lot of our friends who always think of us as that would be like, if you stopped, I'd be so bummed, but you're not straight edge, but it's about you. Like, why do you fucking care? Like, if you, oh, you if mean, you cared about it then, and certain for, things, for yourself, and then but if I have you ever got while, those, like, don't you become like the corner store that's been there since your childhood, and the day <laughs> it closes, you're just like, oh no, part of my life is gone now. Yeah. When they when they closed the skating rink, yeah. man. <laughs> and, I, I didn't built, even uh, I didn't even roller skate for twenty years, yeah. but somehow I'm bummed out. Yeah. In fact, Skate King just closed that There you go. Or any of the year. bowling alleys they bulldozed. Oh, man. Damn. Pisses me off. Pisses me off. All right. Not like, you know, not like sellouts. Nah. <laughs> I still love most of those guys. Come love on. Love all of them. I don't know if I can say all. But most. I don't think so. But most. Either. Come on. I lost touch. We try to be real. We try to be real it friendly is. and happy on the show. But there's a couple people that can fuck off. Fucking Derek Harn. I love. <laughs> 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 Derek Horn. <laughs> I can't wait to have him on the show. Oh, it's gonna be it. dude, Derek will be so good. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, so gonna wait a little bit. If you guys want to know why we're laughing, it's partly because if you've been to the Nobody's Knows website, Derek Horn put that together. He's on the masthead of people yeah. who are involved. I think I've got him yeah. down there as big fat smart bug. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> so Sweet. yeah, he's our tech guru yeah. here. Yeah. Derek, I was in Himsa with Derek for many years. Derek was the only original member of Himsa. And so yeah, and Derek was my first roommate when I yeah. moved to Seattle. And he stopped being straight edge in him, so I got to wa- actually witness it. Oh, I fucked with him so much. I'm so sorry, Derek. I still love you. By the way, reunion soon. Oh. Yeah. We, You'll hear it here, here, here you, second. You heard it here second? Wait, wait. Well, you, you hear it because I posted the thing, but just When did you post the thing? You're on teasing. Instagram, like, on Christmas. Oh. No, no. wait a minute. Now- you're saying you want to get the band back together. No, we're practicing this month. Oh, you actually are. Yeah, Everyone's do a involved. Show. Yeah. Was this supposed to be secret? Is he going to be like, no, but I mean, people were talking about it because we have to find gear and find a practice place and it's just going to be fun. You're just going to play one show or you think you're going to play some? Uh, One for sure. I, I, I mean, I don't want to tour. Right. I don't want to really go anywhere. Um, But, but you'd just, you be know, if to do other it. guys wanted to do things, I wouldn't say no because it's not fair, you know? It was like with with Undertow, we did a couple of those shows and it was so fun. It yeah. was such a good time. And then we did another one, you know, with Integrity. And that was for, because Lori, because we'd done stuff with Lori for mm-hmm. so long and whatnot. And um, it was just because she was doing anniversary shows. 
and we were doing that, but we got offered a lot of things. I was just like, no, not into that. You probably got like, offered Europe. Yeah, Japan, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's that wasn't why we wanted to play shows again. Sure. Play a couple of shows. You just did it for the fun of it. Those were some much. of the greatest times, man. So good. All right. And I mean, and, no, go ahead. No, 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 no. No, I was just going to say it was sparked off someone asking like, hey, it was the burning fight thing Yeah, going on in Chicago. And we're like, yeah, we'll be a part of that. And it's like eight bands and then it turned into like 50. And we're like, yeah, no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it was special. and But then, you know, Unbroken was doing their own, invited us to do it. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. it was so fun. Well, you just said you're going to do... There's going to be some more Hemsa coming, which is super cool. Yeah. What have you been doing since the end of Hemsa? Uh, basically getting on with my, um, uh, the normal life that I've in the back of my. Wait, getting on with your adult life? Not adult, normal. Oh, well, how do you do that? Uh, cause I'm fa- found flirting with the it. perfect partner Oh. to live out my days with and have well, a child, good. have okay. a little boy. That sounds Johnny. Like, and I've wanted a kid since I was 20. I've always wanted to be a family you. man. Yeah, I remember saying that. Always, always, always. And it's always been in the back of my head. It's like, you know, once you're done playing in bands or touring or doing your thing or in uh, in honestly living a selfish lifestyle. Yeah. And selfish, not in a negative way, but yeah. I mean, going on tour and doing these things, there is some selfishness to it, you know? Um, when I was when it was really out of my system and like re- ready to settle. And settle mean, you know, get on with this part of my life. I've met the right person and, you know, my life's awesome. That's and you, been, How old is your son? He's three. He's three? Yeah. So awesome. I can't wait to take him to a show. <laughs> do you, uh, how old do you think he'll be? <laughs> when he comes to a show? Yeah. He'll go to the Himsa show for sure. Oh, he's going within the next year. Yeah. He'll go to that one for Some sure. Some of your plugs. Yeah, we got the headset things for him. I see friends like that post. That are still do- musicians and doing stuff like Knutson, Jake, and yeah, those yeah. guys, and seeing with their kids and like, those. It's just like, it's oh, so awesome. What a full circle of type, you know, of a next generation of things. Yeah, but so you, you got to get him on stage. So there exactly. needs to be a Himsa spinoff band that he sings for. Yeah, you know. Yeah, if my son chooses, yeah, to he do may, that. If maybe he, he might want to do something totally different. He might want to be a dancer. And that'll be cool. Well, okay. So you pick dancer. <laughs> or an artist. Something you won't care about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anything. He might wanna... Anything he wants to do, I will help him get there. Yeah. But I'm I do want to think him, about what I ends up happening. Seeing... He might just want to work on cars. I'm trying to think of something that would be the thing that's that fine. would make you go, Because that's, ah. that's kind of usually what happens, I think. Uh, I don't know. As long as he didn't hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of right. Yeah. I'm sure that won't be the case. Yeah. Well, awesome. his mom's from Philly, so. <laughs> oh, he'll learn. He'll learn what he needs. To. Right. <laughs> Killer man. Well, thank you for coming out, man. Oh, we, and I'm, I'm doing Eris. Sorry, you wanted to know what. Oh, so musically, okay. I'm doing. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I don't know why I'm shutting it down. No, it's fine. You're doing Eris. Yeah, you're singing an Eris. Yeah, why do you say it like that? Fun. It's real fun. It's so fun. I saw you guys playing. at Rainfest this year. Uh, well, in 2015. Yeah, it was fun, man. It's just music. It's just like all influences in one with this band and guys that are just all on the same page. And you know, it's not like, Hey, let's go on tour. Everyone's just like taking it easy. Let's record a bunch. Let's keep writing music. And, and you've got Nate in the band now. Yeah, Nate's in the band. Nate, so Nate Turpin, awesome. who's done an episode of this podcast yeah. at, you almost killed him at Rainfest. Yeah. He was super <laughs> sick and I thought he was going to fall off the stage and die. Yeah. That was interesting. He's a trooper. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, yeah, I really like playing with them. It's just, a different type of you know it's it's 
all the bands that I've really liked over the years and, and stuff all meld in one. And Wes writes a lot of it. And with Nate, they're writing a lot together. And it's with dudes I've known for so long, but never really knew. They were just right. in other bands that we all played together and part of the community. And then, you know, I was doing this band with Aaron Edge. Um, I'm the Thorn. And uh, we played some shows with them. And they were instantly like, like this band's my favorite band. Like, Adam's a great front man. This is so cool. And then months later, I'm like working at the club and Justin happened to come walking in to see a show there. And I was like, oh, when's your next show? He's like, ah, I don't know if we're going to be a band anymore. Like, Adam doesn't want to do it and we don't know what to do. And I'm like, dude, can I try out? And he just looks at me with this like, fucking try out. You can fucking be in the band. Like, you don't need to try out. And I'm like, eh, I'm not that guy. Like, you know, like, Wait, so this we is might Adam not. That said that? Yeah, no, this is Justin. <laughs> oh, Justin. Just, yeah, and I'm, and he's like, you really interested? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that record. And then, um, you know, got along with Wes really well, and just fucking good time. Wes is fantastic. Yeah, such good guys. We're having a rotation of members, kind of constantly. I became friends with Eric, um, and then you know, people go on their way, and we just keep kind of filling. Right now, we're looking for a new bass player, but we have some friends in mind. He has a buddy. But when Nate, Mark from Undertow was in the band for a little while, and that was real fun, but at the time when Mark really wasn't, like, I think he just wanted to stop playing music altogether. Oh, I'm going to talk get... to him about it when I get him in here yeah. soon. <laughs> right on. He's on the short list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was fun playing with him again. We went down and um, played some shows in LA. It was a good time. With, awesome. Uh, and that goes back to the affiliation with AFI. Davey being a real good friend of mine, real tight, and he's always... The bands I've been in, he's always looked out for us. Took him on our first tour, basically. And gave Eris a little with his new band. Went down and played these huge sold-out shows. It was, was insane. And it was cool because the other guys never played in this kind of atmosphere type stuff. And they had a really good time. Nice. And um, then Nate joined the band. And it was cool because Nate, Nate had moved back. And he was hanging around, you know, being close friends with Justin and Wes. And, you know, I, I knew Nate back then, but was never really friends. And I, it is kind of a bummer that I've never, I didn't know these guys in the nineties through all this time in a tight knit group. Cause we have so much in common and we get together and it's just shits and giggles. It's just so fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's guess. my little escape of just, <laughs> you know, the work and, and, uh, home life. Just, it's fun. Cool. So, yeah. Um, what, what do you want to say on the way out the door? Oh, Michael, I'm so hot. Okay. <laughs> we know um, this, we, know. this, we know, we know, we, we do know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Part two. Yeah, Come you're gonna. Have, we're gonna talk about. Oh man, we gotta talk about. I, your, like... I mean, well, one. I'm doing. You have a, a a history with Matt Matsuoka. Yeah, and Matt with whipped cream. With whipped cream. In fact, I <laughs> I promoted this. I teased this episode oh, really? by throwing the back of the uh, 1007 oh, cover cool. up and said, "I'm recording episode 24 of the podcast tonight <laughs> with one of these guys." Nice. Hint: It's yeah. not the token Asian. <laughs> it's you as because you were a dancer for 1007. Yeah, for a while. I was. You yeah, yeah. dancing and. Yeah. I saw him briefly. I was trying to think if he gave me any, uh, sometimes with Matt, I don't always know what I'm supposed to take away. So, um, I, I was hoping he was going to give me some gold, you know, but, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, one of these days on top of, uh, if I should get you out here, you should be a special guest on his podcast. Ooh, I'd love that. Cause that might be kind of fun. Maybe and I haven't seen Matt and <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It's, it's, uh, like I, I described it earlier. It's called the token Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, Matt, He's an interesting fella. He has a oh, real interesting been. take. I am shocked. Every time we record, he says something. He'll take something that I say and twist it in a way that 
I could never, like, if I was trying to creatively write, I could never have gone down the path he mm-hmm. goes down with it. And it's just the way his mind, but for him, it's the most perfectly normal thing. Yeah. Well, it's Matt's world and we live in it. It's Matt's world and we live in it. And that's kind of always the way it's been. So yeah. I'm, I, we do that every two weeks on Saturday. I, I would love to come so down. much fun. Dude, he'd be so stoked. It'd be cool to see And, him. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll gang up on him. I like it. <laughs> two on one. Two on one. Edge. So, <laughs> yeah, he'll, 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 all, he'll just smoke twice as much. Maybe he won't smoke at all. Imagine that. I, do, I know that, Matt. Yeah? Yeah. Scary. It's, it's interesting. It's kind of medicinal with okay. him. It's kind smoke of, the weed then. He's a little bit. Why not? He can get a little bit off the rails. <laughs> weed stinks so much. Why do you pick kind of smoke? Oh, it smells so I don't so know. Gross. It's, I will say it that this. It smells like a homeless person's nutsack. <laughs> But okay, sorry. That's fine. Friends that have been homeless, but that's man. fine. But basically, uh, I've seen Matt for the in the few years before Matt decided mm-hmm. he was going to try this route. Yeah, uh, he was having some trouble. Yeah, and this became like literally. If I didn't believe in medicinal marijuana yeah. from watching Matt, yeah. I absolutely am an advocate. Yeah, and I know that he's. And the thing is, his life is pretty awesome. He's got yeah. a good job. He's he's you know we're having so much fun. Mm-hmm. He's he's just kind of back. Yeah. And, and I have to credit. I'm a straight edge guy, but I got to credit weed a little bit for that. Hey, my, it helps. It's helped my dad since forever. Right. So, so, so you know, it, it doesn't put me any closer still to. smells like shit. <laughs> oh, God. It smells so bad. And, and you work in rock clubs downtown in a oh, place where it's fuck. legal. So Dude, people are smoking legal, it man, right outside the door. Can you just not do it at the front door? Just go down the street. <laughs> Can't you cigarettes, just, just go down the can't you just pretend like it's illegal? I, I'm human too. Just you know, we both have to live in this world. So edibles, yeah. They could just, just do, do your thing down the street. <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt makes his own candy at home oh. and takes that places with him. Yeah. where he can't. For, so, for uh, example, yeah, yeah. we went and saw The Force Awakens, and that's okay. two hours in the theater. So yeah. he was eating some. <laughs> weed <laughs> lozenges or something that he made weed chocolates wow. uh part with you that Ooh. yeah wonder how that movie turned out for him we did a whole episode about it <laughs> I, I will put, listen I after I the movie yesterday <laughs> yes we give it all away okay. we spoil the whole thing so right. definitely listen to it but that's episode five of the token asian let's get some plugs in before the end of the episode here yeah hey if someone wants to get in touch with you don't <laughs> you don't have much of a social media presence no not at all. You haven't. You don't no. have. No. You're not on Facebook. No, I have an Instagram you? thing, but it's like you know, I like to see what's going on in friends' lives and friends that. So you have Instagram. Yeah, but um, you, you don't. You're not on Twitter. You're not on email. I, for I'm anyone. on. <laughs> I'm on Twitter sp- specifically for uh, finding out wrestling, pro wrestling news. <laughs> so if someone had I follow to get wrestlers in touch with you, stuff. they could send you a tweet. Send if they want to, or right. Instagram, you can send a message. I just think one of these guys from your high school may want to find you. (laughs) And some have. Some have. Yeah, I'll do that. And and the thing, like, some high school, like, when Undertow, like, playing some of those Redmond shows, like, high school friends would come out and whatnot, but then had nothing to do with... You're talking about, like, 94. Yeah. Mm. Just friends that, you know, I loosely stayed in touch with, or they found out, oh, you know, I went to school with this guy... And he has this band. I'm gonna go check it out, not knowing that it's not like a rock band. It's yeah. just this, like, and they come, and then some people have, you know, found me recently and stuff, and like, hey, do you remember me? Ah, oh, yeah, of course. From coming out to but, that, and I mean, even kids like, um, I've always jumped on things late, kind of thing, and most of it, I mean, a lot of it has been like, ah, I'm not in it. even Derek, like, 
he talked me into getting an email. I was so late on doing emails. And <laughs> when did you get a cell phone? So late. Yeah. Like I was so against I technology. I didn't have one until like 2005 or 2006. Maybe the same for me. Yeah. Like and a Ram, just... a Ram hated it so much. He'd be like, I can't find you. And that's how Derek was. Derek's like, we do her all the time. You need to do this. <laughs> yeah. I need to do that. And then he would play like, well, but you can do, you know, there's this thing YouTube and you can, you know, <laughs> watch wrestling or I don't know, not, not sure. wrestling, but you can find out about this stuff. And that's how he, you know, got me into it. And then, so I just, I had a Facebook for a little while and then I'm just like, mm, it's just so. No, there was a live brutal. journal that said it was you, but I think it was fake. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> do you remember That'd be that? funny to read. No. You don't, you, you never had a live journal. No. So when live journal was a big thing, there was a John Pettibone live journal Sick. and it was written from the perspective of someone who would like watch Hemsa and then think about the kind of things you would live journal. Oh. So it was all like total emo like, goth stuff. Why are these, why are people so. People believed it was really you though. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. It totally sucks. <laughs> but why do people want to do that? It's so weird. It's so there weird. Were, there were um, it just a whole bunch every, of fake, a fake. People want an audience. Yeah, but it's there were so like crazy. all the Bam Margera people. Yeah, there were fake accounts, like fake live journals for all of those people, and people were like impersonating them, like they were playing you, character. You can get people into so much trouble just sure. saying things and saying, you know, just bad negative connotations or you know anything. That, uh, that's why I hate kind of technology and a lot of humanity. I mean, if you work at a rock club for yeah. a long time, you really get to see a lot of the worst in people. And, uh, yeah. Wow, you really brought it down here. At the Sorry, end. man. Fucking straight edge. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking straight edge yeah. is awesome. All right. So people, can, so don't get in touch with you. No, you can, if um, you want. But look forward to, uh, look forward to him. Instagram and, is Kid Pettibone. Kid Pettibone? Yep. I'll find it. I'll put it up. I'll link it to the page. Sure. There's a blog page for every podcast episode. Okay. If you're hearing this, if people are hearing this through just yeah. iTunes or somewhere yeah. else. So, um. They can go to that page. It's on nobody'snose.com. Yeah. And uh, we'll put, there's going to be links to things that you talked about in the episode today uh, that people can check out if it's uh, up on YouTube or yeah. whatever. Um, and there's going to be a ton of old photos and flyers and things that you've been associated with. Mm. Um, I'll put a bunch of that up Might too. Be other one. Yeah. And then awesome. uh, very shortly, we're getting you back in and we're going to talk about uh, things like- 48. Episode 48. <laughs> XX. <laughs> That's too far away. Ugh. It's definitely too far away, Man. but 30 is Whenever three X's. Isn't it 10, 10, 10? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we could do that. <laughs> you got to come back for episode That was so great. We didn't even, we just stared in each other's well, eyes. Because you said <laughs> like 48 and it was like. Well, 24 and 24. 24 and 24. But then, then I like, well, wait, how can math work two ways? But no, it's Roman numeral. Come on. I hate math. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking straight edge. <laughs> I did. What's math have to do with it? Don't you understand? I gave up school for this life, right? I didn't learn anything. Yeah, I learned what life rules. I learned what I learned in the letter in the section streets, dude. The, the letter section of Maximum Rock and Roll, <laughs> fucking Tower, Thrasher. That's right. Night flights, creeping up the alley. Oh man, bomb shelter videos. How did I forget to drop that? It's okay. I've already got we'll the links it. to it. We'll, right. we'll put some bomb shelter videos up. Well, on there you know too. that that kind of where we left off of like driving refuse around and yeah, getting, uh, getting right stuff because it all relates. Absolutely, yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, I love you. Brother. I love you too, man. And this podcast is so awesome. Yeah. And the, I knew you were gonna do that. I can't do that. But you can do it. Just snap. We'll hear it. I can't do it anymore. That thumb's been broke. Oh, 
Not from fighting. At least you still have it. (laughs) Oh, fuck. It's always about the fucking thumb. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Of course. Of course we couldn't get through everything we needed to get through in one episode. Well, I am going to try to have John back for uh, probably episode 30. That sounds, I think, what we decided on, but we'll see. Uh, We'll see how schedules work out. It's going to happen, though. There's so much more for us to talk about, so many more things that we didn't even get a touch on. We didn't touch on, well, yeah, trust me. We'll have another full episode of laughs. It'll be a good time. Um, Corrections. I definitely, there were a couple things, you know, as usual, none of it's important, but let's just go through it. It wasn't terribly clear. When I was talking about the show in Lenny's basement, I said, it's the back cover of the 7-inch. And this is when we were talking about the fact that you could see the Grey Matter poster in the background in the pictures. But I'm referencing what I mentioned before. When I say it's the back cover of the 7-inch, I'm saying it's the back cover of the Brotherhood 7-inch. I'm going to put that picture up on the blog page for this episode so you can see what I'm talking about. But just to be clear, I realized when listening back to it that uh, it didn't totally make sense the way I said it. So, regardless. All right, so we were talking about Jay Giles' band. And John was saying there was a bunch of hits. And I think I, I might have said I didn't know if there were um, when we were talking about Centerfold, the song Centerfold. And stupidly, of course, and I'm sure there were Jay Giles' band fans out there just losing their minds if they're listening to this for some reason because Jay Giles' band had been a band for a long time. That record that Centerfold was on, that's their 12th studio album. They had tons of songs. Not a lot of huge hits, but there's definitely other songs that people know. People know the song Love Stinks, and people know the song Freeze Frame. In fact, the Freeze Frame was the album that Centerfold was out on. So, yeah, there were definitely more hits. Another point, I talk about those amazing songs from The Cure on the B-side of the cassette version of Standing on a Beach. They are definitely the exploding boy and a few hours after this. And to this day, they are my favorite Cure songs. And they were the B-side tracks on the In Between Days 12-inch, if you're one of those sorts that has the old vinyl. But back then, like we mentioned, we just had the cassette that's how we knew about these strange songs. And those two are, are awesome. You know, anyway, if you haven't heard those songs and you like The Cure, I definitely recommend checking them out. And then I realized when we were talking about John's goth look when he was in Himsa, I say at one point you were wearing sleeves on your arms. And I said that like it meant something. Because of course you have sleeves on your arms. That's normal, right? If you have a long sleeve shirt, you have sleeves on your arms. And what I meant to say was uh, stockings on your arms. Like fishnet stockings, like on your arms, which just I'm sure there's pictures. You can verify this, but the to John's credit, he just totally went with it. He didn't miss a beat. Um, I think he knew exactly what I meant. So just want to clear that stuff up. And then we also weren't 100% sure on the name of the accused Brotherhood tour that they did together, and it was indeed called Splattered Straight. So that's that. That's all of that. Um, man, I'm sitting here as I'm recording this. It's been just about one year since the first time I sat down to record one of these podcasts. And it's been hasn't been a year since the first one that we actually uploaded on the site. That will be in February. But, you know, we had to do a little bit of work ahead of time. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's cool to see how far we've come. You know, we started with the one podcast. Now I have two. Got the token Asian. You should check that out, which is just pretty much straight comedy. Me and Matt Matsuoka. He's getting high. I'm trying to take him through a show. That's basically it. Number five, we just put up before this episode, Star Wars The Force Awakens special. Listen to it. Laugh, hopefully. Uh, that would be really appreciated. But um, 
but one year it's a trip and we're not slowing down we i've actually been talking to a couple of guys i, I say this all the time but these things will stick eventually we've got a couple more shows in the work so this network is going to grow there's gonna be more stuff for people to listen to a lot of different topics trying to stay on the comedy tip but we'll see where it goes and with that i'm just going to leave you guys with this last plea that i always do and that is you know like our page on facebook it's nosy nobody facebook slash nosy nobody follow us on twitter at nosy nobody nobody's nose is the parent site I don't just put up podcasts. I also put up blog pages for the shows. I put up articles, videos. I just put up a great botch video. The whole show that we used for the movie Edge of Quarrel is up now. You can find a page about it there. Articles about just different things that have happened with old photos. Stuff's going up there. If you're only listening to the podcast, you're only getting part of the picture. So definitely go check that out and tell people about it. If you like something that's on there, share it whatever kind of social media it would be super helpful and you know the the holy grail i guess would be go give us that five star rating on uh, on itunes that would be a huge deal that keeps people being able to find out about the show so i appreciate all of you i'm gonna get going on another year thanks this podcast is a product of the nobody's knows podcast network executive producers david r larson and k drake streetman Music for this episode provided by Polymorph from the record Artifacts, Demos, and Debris.